Florida Campers. Welcome to the Camp Good Boy Podcast. Episode 58. Whoa, 58. Yeah. I wanted to steal your line so bad. Well, which one? Because Phil goes, a good, <laughs> and then he goes, Camp Good Boy co- Podcast, and then you go, oh, no, wait, it goes, well, uh, a good, what do you say again? Shit. Good morning, Camp Good morning, yeah. Campers. You go, welcome to good, Camp Good Boy. Welcome <laughs> 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 to the Camp Good Boy Podcast. Yeah, episode 58. All yeah. right. Yeah, we got start, start we got strong. Yeah. Yeah, we got Carrie on the Carrie the Stephen King movie with Sissy Spacek. Wow, I haven't seen this movie in ages. So this is the first <sighs> shot of the movie. Well, this the first shot of the movie is them playing volleyball. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think this film for all the watchers out there, Carrie Sissy Spacek, she can move things with her mind. And, yeah. <laughs> but I think it's one of the best movies uh, of, of bullying. Right. Yeah, she's like the original uh, school shooter. She just did it. Yeah, she didn't she, use a gun. She used telekinesis. <laughs> right. Um, but it, uh, and it, I think this is one of the best, like, yeah, it's one of the best sort of like cautionary tales about bullying. That's true. And you really feel it because they bully her like unmercifully. Oh my, yeah. Like they, they just said that she eats shit, that she's worthless, that mm-hmm. she can't, yeah. They crush her. Yeah. Creepy character. And then, I mean, they pour pig's blood on her. So that's like the ultimate yeah. uh, prank. <laughs> When does that happen? At the prom? At yeah. the prom, yeah. Travolta's behind that. This is an interesting channel, Access TV, because it's like the big interview with Dan Rather where he's interviewing like Greg Allman and then they have Carrie oh, on. Oh, God. It's a right. really interesting uh, channel. That's so, where Dan Rather is these days? Yeah, Access TV. What is, what's his show? <laughs> he just interviews like musicians, mostly musicians, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, like he'll, he'll do Greg, uh, Greg Allman, he, Ringo. He, he did a great one on Greg Allman. Yeah. And, and Allman, we watched it like that night, and Allman passed away like two days later. Yeah. It's actually a really good show. Yeah. It's really You wouldn't good. think like, uh, 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 what's the guy? Dan Rather. Dan Rather. Because <laughs> he's like the least cool dude ever, right? But he actually, because since he, he got booted off the news for like, it was oh, it fake it? news or he, he didn't, hmm. it wasn't like me too. He just did something stupid. No, what was it with it, him? It was fake news. He, or he reported some faulty <laughs> No, that was news. Brian Williams, I think. He You're was right. the one that. Dan, I think Dan Rather just retired, didn't he? No, he got booted. He there got booted. Some, it was during the Bush times. Yeah. Um, oh, because he was pretty vocal. Yeah. Like really vocal about how much I he I think he was something, I don't know. I'm Maybe it was like he got personal, but you, so you wouldn't think that he would be great at like getting down with, with these musicians and he actually really is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you think there's a place that he'd rather be. <laughs> 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 but, yeah. But they're like, no, no, no. Come on, interview Alice Cooper. <laughs> right. Does he interview Alice Cooper? Um, I, he does Ringo. He did one with Greg Elm. He did one with um, Roger Waters. I'm pretty sure. Oh, it's a much Spe- better speaking job. of Ringo, did you guys see Echoes of the Canyon? No, I still haven't seen it. Okay. Is, was it good? It's this. It's about the Laurel Canyon scene in 1969, and it's it's good, but it's basically like another. It's a, like another vehicle for Jacob Dylan to capitalize on someone else's legacy. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did yes. he direct it? No, he's the guy who like goes and interviews all oh, the okay. people and talks to them. And oh, then, it's a documentary. Yeah, and so he he's like interviews David Crosby and the Mamas and the Papas and Brian Wilson, and he's like, and let me just tell you, <laughs> this guy is not the most dynamic interviewer. Like he's basically if Bob, he's basically a male model who's like a capable musician. Like he can play the main rock chords. Yeah, His voice is terrible, and he's extremely fuckable. Like that's <laughs> and he's Bob Dylan's son. You know what I mean? So and I think that took him a lot further than you think than otherwise. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and he got so, his foot in the door. So now he's basically doing he's doing like what they did with the uh, the uh, Buena Vista Social Club. He but he round he's round up Beck, Regina Spector, 
Jade Castrinos uh, from the uh, Pajama Hopper and the Unmagnetic Musicians, at, or <laughs> that, that band, whatever. And uh, and they Edward and they Sh- did like Edward a show. Shaw, that, yeah, they yeah. did uh, a show at the Wiltern and like play like you gotta do what you wanna do. Right. It's good, and it, but it's very strange because I, I don't know. Like, first of all, Beck is in it, and he seems like he's still like shell shocked from that party. He couldn't get into <laughs> from Oh yeah, we talked about that. Right? I think we did. L- yeah. Let me let me ask you, and I'm glad we have you on the show tonight because this is something you maybe have as a musician um, uh, that's in a band, and you've had exposure to so many other like, huge musicians and hung out with so many huge musicians. All the got people he interviews, David Crosby, he's so animated about telling the stories and like, and, and the, the, they're so, even like um, Michelle Phillips, she's so personable and like, they're all so like, they, they love it and they're, they're, they're talking like it's like you're, you're talking to your, your parents at mm. like a, you know, a wedding or something like that. And, and Beck and Jacob Dylan and, um, and Fiona Apple and the other ones, they're like robots. They're afraid to show any. Re- hmm. reaction right Jacob Dylan is so robotic Beck is just like there's this part where they're like sitting in this Laurel Canyon house like looking at records and he's just like it's like the, the cameras are on and they're so hyper afraid to show anything and I'm wondering if it's because there's back then you didn't have cameras on you all the time probably so people are just they've become so much I mean do you see that I mean I don't yeah a little bit when we do interviews I feel like I don't even really know. I mean, in a, the Voids interviews, if we're being interviewed a lot of the times, it's tough. Like, you know, even when there was four of us on this show and there's mm. four people talking, it's hard the push and pull of a conversation. I'll let Julian talk. I'll let Jake talk. Jeremy answers a lot of the questions. Unless I'm asked something specifically, I don't really jump in. Right. You oh, know? Okay. Um, so, but if it was like a one-on-one, yeah, I mean, I'm happy to real. I'm happy to talk. Yeah. There's definitely things that I don't get into. Right. But yeah, I know what you mean. Like there's people that are so guarded and self-aware that they don't, um, that the conversation isn't freewheeling. Like they don't <clears> look <throat> like they're present. They're very. Right. Um, just rigid and stiff. I don't know. Those are very specific people that you named. Sometimes there are just... I'm, what I was trying to think about while I'm answering is if there was an artist in the 60s that was like that stiff. You know what I mean? Yeah, if it's more uh, of just like a case-by-case personality thing or if it's generational. This is... I think it's generational because what I... It, it ties in with something else I was thinking, which was... It, the whole time you're watching the documentary, and by the way, the music's great. They don't really have a lot of shots of Laurel Canyon. It looks like they got this like shot from like a KCAL 7 car chase, <laughs> and they just yeah, keep right. playing that every time they show an aerial. <laughs> Wait, Wait and then but, d- did he direct it? No, it was this other musician guy directed it. And I, re- I and then they they record a record, and I recognize some of the guys. They're they're guys that like pop up at like when we go see shows at like the bootleg and stuff, like those Mike Bloom type characters. When Jacob Dylan but, is doing the interviews, does the camera come on him? Yeah, I hate that. So. But here's the thing: that. the whole time, I don't like it in a documentary when you see the pig of the face of the person asking the questions. You should only see the subjects. Yeah, the reactions. Yeah, I mean. you yeah, should never a, see the interviewer or yeah. the director in because they could they could have clipped that reaction from like an earlier question. Totally, <laughs> it's right. just for dramatic. It's effect. Totally. It's, it's like, that he's in it and he makes it so uncomfortable because there's also this thing where you can't quite tell if he's sure if what he's doing is cool. Yeah. That was the thing that I was, it, that was what I was trying to articulate. And Beck, the same thing. It was like this feeling, this overwhelming feeling of like, is this cool that, that we're like the people that are talking about this music? And also it's the mamas and the papas, the birds. These aren't 
and the Buffalo Springfield, these aren't acts that like, you know, it's, and, and of course, but when they talk about pet sounds, kind of everyone opens up more because yeah, that's right, the yeah, more right. acceptable of yeah, the thing. Yeah. There's something, you'll have to watch it to see, but there was just something off about it. Like they weren't quite sure if it was, if it was cool what they were doing or if they had the right to be the ones to do this. Yeah. I don't hmm. know. It was very, or because you were saying that all it. like Stephen Stills and all of them were talking very animated about well, it. Well, Stephen Stills is not one. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, a, he's got he's like, man, we were partying. You got to understand. David Crosby was like Brando. I mean, <laughs> he just that motorcycle and have two chicks on it. I mean, oh yeah, Jacob Dylan was. <laughs> he's had like tongue cancer. So that, okay, that. that's not always how he talked. No, no is it? now he does though. He's uh, like one, yeah. which I find is like a combination of like some kind of like tongue removal and like just years Ton, of tons of drugs. tons of coke yeah. gummies. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, no, but so they were talking. That was the time that they were coming up. In their in their musical career, mm-hmm. so they're really like emotional about yeah. how nostalgic it was. Whereas Beck's probably like, I, I mean, this isn't really my movie. Well, yeah. You know, yeah. So that's that's. I, think I don't feel. This, I think it's both. I mean, feel. yeah. Like it's not their. Like, did he ever live in Laurel Canyon? Was he talking about a record that he made in Laurel Canyon, uh, Beck? No. In in fact, he seemed pretty checked out. So he's by the talking whole about thing. like other people's albums. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just kind of weird. I'm sure Jacob Dylan was just like, "Hey, I'm making this documentary." Can I interview you? Right. And then they're like, what are we going to do? Throw the Beck interview away? We, ha- we have like... Yeah. yeah. Why did they interview Beck? Why is Beck... It, it's just I mean, unless he's odd. talking about like, oh, I, I really listen to that Crosby, Stills, Nash record mm-hmm. or that like Linda Ronstadt mm-hmm. album. Uh-huh. Sometimes it's good to interview people from a generation or two later because you see how they were influenced oh, by, yeah, totally. by those albums. Um, you didn't get a sense they were influenced by it. You got were, a sense that like Jacob Dylan was like, Laurel Canyon, that'll be cool. Yeah, <laughs> or maybe he's because cre- freaky. you know he's what? Freaky. It's interesting. I don't know anything about him. Mm. Uh, for some reason, I'm my mind is going to. He's Bob Dylan's son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that uh, that guy. There's up there a guy. In, uh, the guy that plays keys in the Foo Fighters, uh, Rami something or another, was on the Howard Stern show uh, playing keys for somebody I can't even remember who. And um, as soon as Howard found out that he was Jacob, him, he was in the Wallflowers with mm-hmm. Jacob Dylan, this Rami guy, the keyboard player. And then Howard started asking, because they broke up, the Wallflowers, mm-hmm. apparently. Oh, and, that was big news, too, when they broke up. Was it? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I okay, don't think but, so. and, then, and then Howard's <laughs> asking about this, exactly. He's asking about Bob Dylan. He's asking about Jacob Dylan. He starts going into it a little bit. And it seems like the Rami Foo Fighters keyboard player didn't have a lot of good things to say about Jacob Dylan. Yeah. Huh. Well, he's uh, one. He, probably, he, that's not surprising. Yeah. I mean, bands, what are you going to do? It's like, <laughs> right. He's know. one of these guys. And we have a, we, we've known some people like this. Like, I mean, he's a, he's like a hot guy. Like he's got the, the bone structure. Like he looks like a Calvin Klein model to me. That's how I interpret him. And he, he's one of those guys that's like, it's almost when you're like that hot, you never, you <laughs> kind of just turn into a fucking weirdo by default. Like, because you, you never have a, like you got, you just get sex probably given to you very easily. You, you get like, that looks like a John Varvatos. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, how many male models do you hang out with? There's a reason why. You know, it's because they're just kind of like these weirdo. Hey, it looks like, pretty good guys. there. <laughs> yeah, that, well, that looks up. like Nashville Skyline, yeah. actually. No, no that's, that's actually Bob, Bob Dylan. Dylan. Oh, yeah. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, um, um, they're just kind of like vacant because they never really had to do anything else to get. Well, also, Bob laid, Dylan must have been a super distant laid. father. Well, think yeah. about that. When you're, so you have the anxiety of having a very successful parent, but at the same point, 
you're spoiled. You never have to worry about money. You have a stress-free life. So that has all sorts of health benefits for yeah. you. You were a one-hit wonder. Right. But just think about that. Like there was that for I'll the most part. I don't know. I'm sure everybody's got their bullshit in their the, the anxieties of life upon in their burdens. Yeah. But I'm sure he's just kind of he was able to just do relax. It. He was ready to. He was able to do it. Yeah. You know, I can get this deal. Like the, that's an interesting thing. Like like the children of a lot of rich, famous celebrities. Are there any any of them that are like not good looking? Um. <laughs> Like is that? I mean, any, no, because uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's it, kids are not that good. Yeah, but with the ones with his maid. <laughs> well, but yeah, but the Did Shrivers. They have a kid? Yeah, but uh, Maria yeah. Shriver. See, he just wanted to marry a Kennedy, and the Kennedys, like, the, a couple of them are attractive, but for the most part, the Kennedys are kind of strange-looking people. They are. You know? yeah, oh, very. Yeah. He very just wanted his dream was to come be a movie star and marry a Kennedy, so he married Maria Shriver, and like, she's perfectly, you know, a, an attractive woman, but like, she has that Shriver weird, that Kennedy thing. That just makes somebody, they make, they all look like real toothy and weird and like, but so generally speaking, if the dude, the famous dude, like a Dudley Moore or, or, or one of these guys isn't like, isn't like a, a male model, generally speaking, he marries a female model and the, the, then the genes the usually are pretty favorable, yeah, sure. favorable to, yeah. to the offspring. You know what I mean? Now, I don't this know. Is, this is the kid that Arnold had with his maid. <laughs> oh wow! He looks like he's like he's like in a Black Flag cover band <laughs> from when they had the original song. Yeah, he look. I mean, he's just like a bro, but there, he's definitely got that Schwarzenegger gene for sure. Oh, he's, yeah. he's jacked. So, uh, but he he has that weird male model vibe that just kind of like gave me the weirds the whole time. Like he's totally watching the movie. Out. Yeah, like he never. Well, I mean, also like traditionally, <clears throat> it's never cool for uh, you know male. Rock guys to look that metrosexual. No, and totally. Care yeah. Um, also, you're Bob Dylan's kid. Of all, <laughs> if, of all celebrities, Bob Dylan. I like, would think it was cooler if he just became an underwear model. And it was <laughs> yeah, Bob Dylan. The son yeah, was just an sure. underwear be, model. Yeah, I'd be like, be great. that's kind of cool, dude. He's just a fucking <laughs> underwear model. And if he was just like in Ibiza all the time, just like because he chicks. was in the Wallflowers, which was just like. I mean, one headlight. It's a good song, and like, right. what was the other one? Like, da, na, 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 na. yeah, what, what, it's like a catchy. It was what a catchy song, song. Did I just sing? Yeah, come on, try a little. Yeah, yeah, but I'm just, I'm realizing that that melody is also. Uh, You're a superstar. That oh, ghetto is superstar. Oh, ghetto superstar. Yeah. So, it, but and then they've been doing the performances, and even the performances. I watched them on uh, YouTube. They're like a little. They're a little stiff, but I will say shout out. I'm excited to see where her career goes. That Jade Castrinos. Who is that? She's the the woman that played in uh, Edward Sharp in the magnetic in the pajama and the yeah the the zero magnetism <laughs> band. Dude, what was that band? Edward Joe, first yeah, of all, right. I'm not gonna hate because I actually like I, I I spun the first record and like I know what they were going for and I know that guy isn't a shaman. He's he's like a rich kid. Like, because I know what his band but was. But we're talking that. about Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zero. Yeah, right, right, yeah. right, right. And and I I like her voice a lot on like yeah, she home does and voice. those things. Mm-hmm. And but I think she kind of fell into that like douchey indie sort of silver rock star. Silver yeah. Lake Rock. Well, I, maybe I just coined a term, silver, silver rock star. That when you're kind of like a famous indie band in Silver yeah. Lake. But she, 
she's kind of like a blossomed a little bit and I know she's not with the band anymore and I'm interested to see what she what she What does was she there. like in the movie? She uh, she was one of my favorite parts oh, because so she's like upbeat and like having fun and like Yeah, and she's just like I I had a weird I I'm only saying this cuz I don't know her so I don't want to like pass any judgment but I have like a hate crush on her because I have an idea of what she might be like. I had this whole fantasy of like she's this you go on like one of those like outward bound wilderness adventures, <laughs> uh-huh. you know? And you meet her when, like, you were both, like, 16. And, like, you fucking vibe so hard. And, like, maybe there's – you kind of fall in love with her. But, like, you're, you're still not old enough to know how to, like, make, make the move. But, like, you fell in love with her, right? And you keep in touch by, like, letters and stuff. And, you, and she, like, is from Topanga Canyon. You think that's, like, so cool. And you go back to Chicago wherever you go. And then you, like, kind of, like, end up getting in touch through, like, Instagram or something, like, later on. And you bump into her at, like, the Ace Hotel. <laughs> and she's, like – has turned into a total Ace Hotel, d- hotel douchebag. Uh, but uh, when you bump into her at the Ace, <laughs> had you been living in Chicago and you're just visiting You just kind of came out to LA and like you, you, like you run into her and it's like an oh my God. And she's like, oh my God. And then like ices you the entire rest of the night and like oh. goes and like talks to somebody cool. God, that's so... T- I thought that <clears throat> story was going in a completely different direction. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I had like, that's my hate crush because I did... Well, now I hate her too. Yeah, no, but, I know, fuck but, her. But I, <laughs> she's probably a perfectly nice person. That's just my imagination. And I... I, I like her. I think she has a big, vo- interesting voice, and she has a definite physical Is she the one? Presence. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's... Mm-hmm. Yeah, she does have a good voice. Mm-hmm. And that song is a good song. You, I mean, it is. Listen to yeah. Two. They have a song called Two where she really shines on it, too. Also. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. So we'll see what happens because she. I thought her voice, Jade, was good on uh, in the in the in the show. Fiona Apple scares me. She um, does she still have that same same like shtick? Yeah, Just it's like, like in, it's like in uh, it's like psych ward rock. <laughs> yeah, right. Pretty much psych ward chick rock. That's like what her. her I don't know. Is. You know, the last thing that I remember of her was that really popular album in the nineties. Uh, like the the big one? Yeah, I'm not even going to be able to think of a song right now, but there was a really big record and she she had a great voice back then. Oh yeah. Um John Bryan produced an album. Fuck, I can't remember the name of it. And it was good. I I haven't heard it in 20 years. I don't know how yeah. it holds up or whatever. Um and then the last I heard of her actually was uh w- the original guitar player when I first started playing with Julian uh started dating her. Um Ooh. That yeah. seems like I mean, she this, just looks this like, was such like a this was like six years ago. Was he so, just like, dude? I can't even. I can't. Even I, ha- I don't keep in touch with him oh, really either. But uh, but that's all. I haven't even heard about her. I don't even know what she's up. Well, to. she was obsessed with P.T. Anderson. They oh, that's were right. married. Oh, they, that's right. She that's dedicated right. her whole, whole album when the pawn to him, and then I think there oh, was, that's the album. Yeah, that was uh, that was. I feel like that was well before P.T. Anderson, but maybe No, not. it's. I think it was, this is, there's some weirdness where he was like, I can't, like. Oh, she, she was obsessed with him probably we're from like. done. Like they were together and then she dedicated her album. It's like dedicated to P.T. I think even after. And I think there was like some degree of like stalking behavior because if you watch Bridesmaids, uh, they cue, um, when it hurts, and I love him so bad, da 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 And uh, P.T. Anderson's wife is in that. And I have to oh, imagine, Maya Rudolph. Maya Rudolph, I have to oh. imagine it was kind of like a, just to like taunt her or something. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> like, because 
of all the songs, and you're going to put a Fiona Apple song in a Maya Rudolph movie? Yeah, like, so Maya Rudolph's just watching it, just like, oh, thanks. Yeah. But they, um, it, it, and you know, one other thought I had about it was, is that there's this, it's this, like, second generation of these musicians. And, like, the, the original guys were, like, the original rockers, like, really doing it. And there was... There's something, I, maybe it's like they didn't feel like they had the right to do it or they didn't feel comfortable. It was outside of their wheelhouse. Well, if Jacob Dylan is a complete weirdo, the interview is probably going to be totally weird. <laughs> oh, it's so, <laughs> yeah. it's, so it's, it's very like, awkward. Yeah. And like his reactions are like uncomfortable. Well, because the, like, ah. you know, the guys in the 60s don't give a shit. It, it's like, oh, cool. You're Dylan's son. I used to do drugs with Dylan oh. and I was on tour with him. Mm. You're just his kid. Yeah. yeah. You know, so you got to think like these contemporaries of his <laughs> yeah. and, they're, and they're sitting there in the interview. Well, they're like, well, think about it. Those, those legendary music. They don't respect the wallflowers. <laughs> I don't think Fiona Apple respects the No, they the just think it's this cute, cute thing that Bob's kid like, is Oh, you're, you're in a band. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. Wallflowers? I'll, I'll look into that. You are treated to great Tom Petty, because uh, Tom Petty does an uh, uh, okay. interview in it. Wait, he was when did it. this come out? I saw like, it two weeks ago. Uh, two pretty, days ago. Very new. Yeah. I have it. What, is this like a Netflix thing? No, you, I saw it at the Arclight. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's actually like wide. I Dude, think by the way, people are really digging. I it. was um, I f- was flying home uh, last weekend. There's a documentary. Speaking of music documentaries, and to change the subject, unless you got the, anything else on Jacob Dylan? <laughs> no, only that David Crosby has this great part where he's like, and you know, that's when like Dylan would come out, and it's the one funny thing Jacob Dylan's like, who is that? Which, which, oh yeah, which, yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> no, that's yeah. He has to do that. Yeah, it was the, it was like the one funny part of the whole thing. But you should watch. I mean, I'm sure everybody's loving it because the music's good. This is just the Camp Good Boy like ultra like <laughs> bizarro dissection. Well, you gotta think it. who are the last ones left. There's like Dylan, Paul McCartney. Mm-hmm. You know, like who are the last Ringo. People? Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, Ringo. I mean, Ringo's not- in it. You're like, dude, go away. Does he put the he, peace sign up? He like looks like one of those progeria kids. I, I, I'm, I, like, I feel bad for him, he but really I, does. he's so bizarre. <laughs> I'm just like, dude, just stay inside. You know what's yeah. interesting with them, though, is that the Beatles was such a small... If you were looking at a, at a pie chart of his life, like time, the Beatles is such a small piece of his life. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know totally. what I mean? How yeah. long ago was the Beatles for somebody like Ringo Starr? Right. You know? And, and then his solo career was not, you know... He wasn't setting the world on fire. No, well, no. there's something interesting where I think he was the was he the first one to have a number one post beat. There was something post Beatles like he had maybe the most number ones as a solo artist. Uh, Ringo, I, I mean, swear, he had, there's something. Well, weird don't come with easy that. was a don't big come easy hit. was a big song. And then photograph. Oh yeah, I don't know if those were number one. I think hits. they were number one. Really, that's Maybe. interesting because yeah, the you might Paul want to McCartney, go to the internet yeah, yeah. on that. The Wings stuff was like on the radio, but it wasn't like they weren't hits. Yeah, they weren't hits, and like the John Lennon albums are dark as fuck. And I can't imagine all things must pass. Those weren't hits. No, I mean except for um, fucking what's the big one? On oh, uh, uh, what? Uh, Hare uh, yeah, Krishna. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hare Krishna. Yeah, Hare Krishna. <laughs> so go. Uh, okay, so yeah, so Google, maybe that makes sense. Google like you know. Beatles solo album. Dude, he's just so, gotta put the peace sign away. Yeah. Oh, dude, he looks he like just, George Michael he, in that picture. Yeah, he you're, really does. You're watching this movie and you're just like, dude, go away. Sir Richard Stark, yeah, I didn't even know that was his real name. Oh yeah. Um, solo career. Photograph a UK number eight hit. Car- okay. No, but US. UK doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't come easy was a big was, it, was but, a big one. But out of all of them, Ringo and Nilsson were the like, thickest thieves. Yeah. Right. Um, best man at his wedding. Uh, let's see. There were a couple. Paul was the only one that really didn't have like 
homies like that. No, like back. If, he just hangs out with back. Well, yeah, yeah, that's the thing. No, he just hangs out 70s, with like, new, like right. Lennon, and, Lennon and Harry Nielsen seem to have some. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah they were yeah, like Hollywood yeah, yeah. vampires. Yeah, yeah but um, and George mm-hmm. was pals with everybody. Mm-hmm. Paul was the only one that wasn't like up to anything cool. Yeah, no, well, it's he true. Was, he was so pussy whipped, but with his Linda... They were like inseparable, right? Yeah, that was like the, his whole thing. Like he was just always with her. He definitely takes the most shit. Yeah, Paul. You, yeah, I mean, we we because well, I mean, he seems like such a fucking dork. He, he, I, I just <laughs> I no, mean, but he, he he's the guy we've talked about this on the podcast multiple times. I mean, like he's with Beck and trying to go to a Tyga party. Yeah, like, right. what are you also, doing? He performed, dude? he performed out at Pappy and Harriet's, and then backstage you see him like hanging out with Emma Stone. It's like, yeah, it's like, what are you doing? He's just trying. He's one of these guys. That's, <laughs> he just looks like a dork he's trying to stay relevant. Guy. Yeah, I just, I just think it's stupid. He's got like plugs. It's just like, come <laughs> on, dude. <laughs> he's doing golf carpool karaoke with James Corden. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, actually, but like, in dude, that dude. episode, I remember my mom. She's like, "Did you see the Paul McCartney episode?" I was like, "No, mom." And then I watched it, and they they do a show at like a pub somewhere in England. Right. Oh and yeah, yeah. That part actually no, that was, was cool. Was yeah. good. I mean, I don't. I, I don't not like Paul McCartney. I love. I mean, I love Wings. No, he's, he's Wings. Great. He's I, just, I feel like I'm constantly defending the Beatles, especially in my band. And right. then everybody is like, "Oh well, I like John Lennon." That's <laughs> always the thing that I hear yeah, all right. the time. It's like I love Lennon. Right. Uh, speaking of which, I saw I did that and Rocket Man double feature. Oh, how's oh, Rocket okay. Man? It's fun. You should go. You should go oh, see really? it. I almost walked out because it's a little slow to get starting, and I was like, I wasn't ready for that. It's a musical. It's like they break out and yeah, dance right, and like yeah. the butcher starts oh, singing so, songs. That's cool. It was a nice way to do it. And then when he meets Bernie Taupin, it's it's terrific. I mean, it's so great. But um, I didn't realize that he got his name. He he picked Elton because that was his one of his band names. Names he just thought it was a cool name. And then when the the publisher was asking what his last name was, he was looking at a picture of John Lennon and huh. said John. But and, and it's it's really it really gets good and it and it does it does the whole because it's the same cliche story rocker becomes famous and gets into drugs and uh, you know but it, the the stuff with Bernie Taupin is touching because he was in love with him you know and they were in love with each other they were best friends is he but very English, early British on British guy Bernie Taupin or is uh, he? I think he was yeah yeah he's British. But, but he's imme- not Bernie Thomas. Not gay. Is immediately, he? no. Yeah. But they they explore that because he he wants him to be so oh, badly. Got it. And when they get to do the show at the Troubadour and they come to America, because right. I don't know if you know when Elton John played the Troubadour, it was like a legendary debut. Like for, rock critics were there. Like the Beach Boys. They like, still have those pictures hanging yeah. at the bar at the Troubadour. And um and he. That night, Bernie Taupin was a huge, like, ladies' man. Like, all the, the, ch- the chicks loved him. And Elton wasn't that. But even though Elton was gay, Elton had to deal with the fact that the guy that he was in love with at the time was getting all the groupie love. And, and listen, right, yeah. Elton was at no short for uh, short for sex. And they explored <laughs> this. And it, it's actually one of the things I, I wish it would be a whole separate movie is the, the first uh, – he had a uh, one of his early jobs was playing keys for like a rhythm and blues review, like a like a Sam and Dave, like these right. like black guys from the south dancing and touring. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the guys in the band that outs him and, and kisses him for the first time. This black uh. guy, and I was like, I, let's explore that relationship a little bit more because I bet there's a whole movie there sure. of just that <laughs> tour of him and this this black guy on like the Chitlin circuit. You know, just like yeah. Sometimes you wish that was the movie. Yeah, you know. Well, that's why I, uh, I'm just a jerk. I mean, like the Queen thing happened, and then you're quickly seeing that they're promoting this Elton John movie, and um, it just seems like 
It's formulaic to me. I don't know. I okay. kind of like it better than yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody. Well, because I was always like, what's the fucking conflict with Elton John? And it seems like they, to make up for that, they had these big musical numbers where there's like, yeah, there no, people, that, it was. I didn't know that. Like, that's, yeah, that's more interesting than it. just a regular biopic. It's like, okay, guy comes, you know, from nothing. Exactly. He's a struggling musician, you know, famous, drugs, you know, bisexual. Because when he's in the Troubadour, aren't did. there people floating? Yeah. yeah I read yeah. about that. And, and, and by the way, I thought that was going to be super cheesy, and it's actually pretty. Pretty fucking awesome. And when they like, they all like land down, and it, it captures really well the magic. What are you talking about? When he plays the troubadour, so there's the famous picture of his legs like up behind the piano. You know when he's he like jumps up and his legs are in the back. Oh yeah. In the movie, he levitates up off the piano. And at first, I was like, "Is this guy telekinetic?" But uh, but and then everyone else in the crowd levitates and it and, goes surreal for and a it minute. Goes, it, the whole movie's surreal, oh, nice. but he said that's what his life has always felt like. It's always sort of felt like this magical. Wow, and, that's a sick photo. Yeah, that's the one. That's wow, the famous yeah, that's one. Great. Yeah, but I, I was found it just the, him, um, or was it, that's a fucking grand Steinway on that little stage? <laughs> I wonder if there was a band that night. Yeah, was there a band? Yeah, he had. Uh, so wait, so he played the troubadour, and how big was he? He, his, like, his first album had come out, oh, okay, and the signal of the second one had come out, but. Uh, but, you know, the first album, it was a slow burn to, to get listens. There was buzz. So all the major rock critics were there to check him out, and then it was just, like, overnight. It was instant. Because what's on the first album? Your song? Yeah. What else is on that first album? Um, Take Me to the Pilot. Oh, uh, okay. Nice. Yeah. Holy Moses, I have Border Song. And that's a small venue, the Troubadour. Mm-hmm. So for his they, L.A. They, they acknowledge that. Yeah. So and for his LA de- debut, he's playing this small. That's like that's cool. Yeah. Bruce Hornsby was just at the Troubadour. No kidding. Yeah. I, f- I wish I knew that. Oh, I would have gone with I you in a heartbeat. I would have definitely gone. My favorite. He's the man. He's the man for sure. You know, my uh, a friend of ours who tour manages the Voids and the, not anymore, but in the Strokes, uh, tour manages Bruce Hornsby, ah. and he just drives himself around in a Cadillac to gigs. Really? There's, yeah. There's no. He's like sometimes. If, I guess maybe he lives on the East Coast, and if they're just doing shit like in the Northeast. <laughs> There's no tour bus or what there might be for the band, but he's like, no, I'll just drive myself. Just drives up in a cat in his Cadillac. Oh, that's cool. Shows up to the show. Well, at those Dead and Co. Or not Dead and Co. The let's talk about this next. The 50th I anniversary of the Grateful Dead ones with Trey up in San Francisco. Like he just looked like this old like rich guy like off to the which he is. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, I don't know. There was just something. There's something classic about him. Oh, he's not sweating it, man. Yeah, he's, he's a, man. a great songwriter. He's a fantastic piano player. I just wish he brought just, the range on tour with him. Right. <laughs> I, want, I want Bruce Orange to be in the range. Yeah, so we just had the Dead and uh, the Dead and Company play at the Hollywood Bowl last two nights. Did you go? No. There you go. I, I, Did you? I, We've no, talked about this before, I, I mean, but let's, let's get into it. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I love the Grateful Dead. I'm just, it's, I'm a little bored of it. I'm a, li- I'm a yeah, little tired of it. I am but, too. but what, and listen, I think it's great that jo- I think John Mayer has done a phenomenal job of, of sinking in there and, and honoring yeah. the songs. And he's doing a really nice job on guitar. And it keeps the music alive. And I know the fans are happy. I am literally like <laughs> angry beyond belief about the new. John Mayer has given a permission slip to the Kardashians the, to the wear, Kardashians <laughs> to yeah, wear right. dead shirts and be at a dead show. And like, they have like the skull and lightning bolts and oh, like, God. I'm not going to name names, but I know, <laughs> right. I mean, I used to be kind of like, I used to kind of like to wear dead shit as just to be a re- rebel because let's not forget the dead was lame for a long fucking time. And it was kind of up until Especially John Mayer. Here. 
Yeah, came I know on what the you scene. mean by a long time. It, 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 historically, that would be like late '90s for the bulk of the. It 2000s. was not especially not, in its time. It was never not, not you know. It was its own thing. It was its own thing. No, like Lauren Michaels didn't want the dead on because they weren't hip, right? Right. right. Uh, and John and Belushi was like, "No, you got to have them on." Yeah, but they were never cool. They were like they were like fish. They were like a hippie thing, and then it got. Cool in the eight in the nineties because well, cool was like touring. A, cool and, meant a different thing, like yeah. decade to decade. You know, the dead were always consistent. So when you look back at it now, like my whole thing with them is that it's it was so it was always what it was. So when I see them, I love the Rolling Stones. They're one of my favorite bands of all time. The Dead make the Stones look like a boy band to me. Yeah, you yeah, know, like no, the, I agree. the Dead yeah. really embody like fucking renegade outlaw cowboy type of shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's not this pretty thing you know mm. and um Dick it's to bobby <laughs> exactly yeah, but pretty. i'm saying it was never like it was never chasing that right. like pretty type of thing yeah and um so you know that that's how a lot of things were judged at least in mm. pop music back you know back then there might have been a minute in the 60s when it was like we were saying crosby stills nash yeah. like the san francisco the california thing was yeah, happening yeah. and it was just bearded you know pirates well they had like hell's angels with them yeah it was definitely i got defensive about that for a second no but you know what i'm saying of course and but for for example when i don't know if you guys you remember like we were kind of when i was living out in la and i had the house in joshua tree like i was listening to the dead and like some people were like like other people were like the dead like (laughs) oh my god the dead sucks i hate there there that was there was a all these People that are now like at the Hollywood totally. Bowl, like taking their selfies, and like the comments are like, "Love your hippie vibe, lady." <laughs> it's just like, do you, you're just there for John Mayer? I mean, and now it's yeah, okay yeah. You know what, to though? be a deadhead. Everything is fucking godless now. Yeah, that's just that's the effect of the internet. Yeah, and you're social right. media. So. I don't really sweat it anymore. And I know that sounds patronizing, just like judging it like mm-hmm. that. But I just, I don't go anymore. Like there, I, I think I could have pursued tickets. Like there were people like, you want to go? I might be able to scoop a ticket. I was like, I don't think so. The way that I look about like this, particularly with, um, fuck, the other two guys in the band that play bass and key, like the other o- musical O-Teal guys. O'Teal and Chimenti. Yes. Um, they're great musician yeah you know? totally i always uh think that when i'm listening to the music or watching the the feed if i'm just going to watch a show on youtube or something you know when you watch like austin city limits on pbs mm. and you have like that woman's voice at the top of the show being like tonight on austin city limits yeah, and right, like right. a music comes in and it goes the music from wilco and jeff tweedy like da 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 the dead and company shows sound and feel like an evening with the Grateful Dead on yeah. PBS. It's very polished. It's and it's 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 safe. There's yeah. the, the oh, great yeah. thing about yeah. the dead shows is that like is it's such the 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 um the paradox of it all is that like it on the exterior of it it's this hippie peaceful type of thing. But it, the further that you get into it, you realize the documentary that came out on uh, Amazon gets into this a little bit that you really realize it was like a dangerous place to go. Right. You were always <clears throat> surrounded by bikers. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, yeah, Hell's Angels. There was always an element of, like, danger close by. Mm-hmm. It was never like, oh, let me get my IPA and, like, find my seat and <laughs> yeah. sit here and see an evening of rock and roll. Mm-hmm. There were maniacs around. Yeah. And even in the 90s when I oh, was seeing shows. Oh, the gate crashers. Oh, man, yeah. And, yeah. Totally. yeah. Like, it was, there were a bunch of fucking lunatics and it wasn't like a normal concert. Right. Um, and, you know, so now, again, if I'm going to go to the bowl, people are like drinking their Chablis, like sitting on a, you know, a blanket in the field and they smoke a little 
weed and they're like with their friends and it's got a, there's a vibe to it. And yeah, yeah. I don't, I just, it's, I've like, I think I've went through my state of denial and everything right. for so long. And now I'm like, you know what? Let them have it. I went, I went real quick. Um, I went maybe a year or two ago, same exact thing. It was like the day of the show. I was like, Hey, we have an extra ticket. It was a good ticket. I was like, all right, fuck, I'll go. You know? Oh yeah. Because I was like, what I was, what am I going to do? Stay home tonight. I can go drink a few beers and sing the wheel and cry twice. And you know, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but I remember distinctly one moment of the show where, there was the, you know, they have the big mega screens on both sides yep. of the stage and they had a close up. They were doing one of those just um, like Jerry ballads, like the real songs that, you know. Like Addicts of My Life. Or oh, no, no. Like, or like Stella Blue uh, or like, uh, it wasn't like that or like Road Jimmy. Something, something deep, you know, something yeah, right, that, right. that means a lot to the three of us. But, uh, and they do this close up of, um, <laughs> on John Mayer. You know, and I was just like, yeah, I want, <laughs> yeah, I, right. I was like, I want to feel this so bad. You know, this song, I like, I've, I've wept to this song 500 times mm. and just seeing him, um, I just, I'm, I'm just like, I can't, I couldn't give into it. Right. Right. So, you know, that's what I mean. I probably really would need to just go for the first set because I'm not into the, also the second set jams. You know, it's not going to take me. Well, anyway. drums and space, right. just like yeah. oh, you know what I mean. It's on. not coming from like this um, innovative you'll, space. You'll get Bob, Bobby's seventy-five years old. <laughs> the drums are playing at fifty-five BPM. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mickey's John, not doing anything. It's John Mayer. You know, it's like I'm not looking to go on a fucking psychedelic, you know, escapade like mm-hmm. with this. I'm not just. I'm not giving into it. So uh, I've I've had my thing. I got the tapes. I've yeah. got my memories. You know, you, you, the Dark Star Orchestra will take you there. Yeah, exactly. Oh, They'll take yeah. you there. because that's a believable thing. Yeah. Yeah. Or if I were to go see Nixon, who plays Good Shout Out, that plays uh, Good Richard Sleep. Pictures. Oh, yeah. Richard Pictures. Yeah, yeah they're fun. Yeah, yeah, because you're watching something sincere. And he's yeah. a dynamic performer. Yeah, he's very good. By the way, yeah. anybody dead fans out there, any chance you get to see Richard Pictures? He is and they were good. opening for Vampire Weekend. Yeah, no, they're they're one of the two like legit Grateful Dead cover bands in Los Angeles that play serious shows mm-hmm. and do a good job both on the the jam side of it, but then also playing like the tunes, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but Dark Star Orchestra, you get that grungy, grimy kind of like crowd, right? Because like the right. people that are going to see for John Mayer. They're not going to Dark Store, so they're just like, is that good? Is that really good? No. No. no, no they're no, drinking no. Chablis at the Hollywood Bowl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they Dark Star has, has that like... Serious. Go through Instagram, uh, hash, go, to, go to the Geotag Hollywood Bowl, and look, it's, it's painful, dude. It's like a... Bu- it's <laughs> Why like would influ- you do that it's like to yourself? In, it's like influencers in tie Yeah, but you're looking to make yourself angry. You know, know. exactly what I that's going to be. I, yeah. I muted all of it. I was like, I, I, I don't I didn't even look either. You know what, for me, those... Yeah, it's just like food for my pain body. <laughs> Fairly well for me was just like you know what I, I'm I this is this was awesome I loved those shows and I think that was kind of like that was kind of my fairly well to like the yeah. dead and fish to a certain well, extent. Well, because Trey like they came up the right way. They were a band that came from nothing and were in that scene. They weren't in the MTV world or whatever. You know, they were one of those you know um, like 
uh, pivotal sort of bands uh, for the development of that scene. So for him to step in and do that Fare Thee Well show, it meant more. John Mayer yeah. was a, a, a fucking Dave Matthews ripoff like pop Body star that stepped in. <laughs> and I mean, to, to rag on him, but I still don't understand why somebody like that was chosen. Like he's doing a good job as a student, uh, like with the tones. Yeah, the money. Yeah, the money for sure. Money. Right. Yeah, it was like, you know... I, and I guess maybe Bob Weir always wanted to be on Watch What Happens Live yeah, with Andy Cohen. The, the influencers weren't there in the tie-dye for that guy from Dark Store Orchestra that was playing with Further. <laughs> exactly. You know? They knew what they were doing. They would, and, of course, John Mayer is going to be honored to do that. And, and he's done a perfectly nice job of mm. keeping it alive and, and making it relevant, which I guess, I don't know if the dead, I need the dead to be relevant, but, like, you know, bully for you. Here, here's the thing, is that, like, um, and uh, not to throw my cousin under the bus here, but, like... <laughs> He's a big fan of like the um, America's Got Talent and American mm. Idol shows and stuff. And I remember we were having a conversation once because there was one of the big contestants that was singing um, Not a Change Gonna Come. Oh, it was Hallelujah by Leonard Cohn. And he was all excited about it. He's like, you got to listen to this guy sing. He's got an amazing voice. Uh-huh. And I was like, all right, let me check him out. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it was some, you know, it was some kid. Same thing. I was like... I'm like Jonathan. This moves you. I, I like he can he can sing. Like fair enough. Like yeah, this right, kid has right. a good voice. Yeah. There's no soul to it that like he just has a good voice. He's just got know. a good voice, yeah. and that's enough for most people. Mm-hmm. Even you can fake soul on a lot of these shows. You totally. Know? Uh, but it's not. It's 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 lacking that other sort of you know huge ingredient that makes something music yeah, or right, art right. for that for for that matter. Um, with the dead, it's the same exact thing. It's just like there's not agony in like John Mayer's fingertips when he's like, <laughs> no, yeah, he's so like a really, privileged yeah, right, kid right. from Connecticut. Yeah, you know, and like. and no, I, again, like this is we're being fucking we're bl- we're you know piling on here. Oh, but, let's keep piling on. But it's just like you know with one of the great guitar players for me, one of the greatest guitar players of all time. Soloists in general, it doesn't even have to be a guitar player. It could be like a Miles Davis. Like it's it's when somebody is like. Um, you know, the great soloists of music history and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like not always necessarily like, are they nailing the note? Mm-hmm. And c- anybody can play scales and zip up and down and, and have that sort of virtuosic, if that's even a word type of thing. There's people that have something else. And um, that's why, uh, you know, they were doing shows for a while. I remember in the late 90s or even the 2000s when... Um, who was like the old Allman Brothers guitar player? Or Haynes. Yeah, or somebody like that is stepping in where yeah. it's like, okay, and that's what I meant by the Fare Thee Well show with somebody like Trey, where it's like, okay, this person at least knows the atmosphere musically yeah, of, right. what, of what this means mm-hmm. deep down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Uh, the center of this, you know, instead of like just the aesthetic of yeah. what this is. And Trey just blows John Mayer out of the water. Yeah, yeah. And, and the uh. thing about those shows, it's like when you listen to it, it's like he's not fish soloing over it. He's not, you know, it's just, I don't know. There's something you can just tell. I don't know. You can just I'm tell. Ju- I mean, I, I don't, for, I don't do drugs anymore. Mm. Not that that was a big thing for me. With yeah. Fish you, had a, you had a big problem for a while. There. <laughs> like, so I don't really want to be around a bunch of fucking like, I don't want to be around that scene really. That's it's not how little, I want to spend my night. Scummy. It's just like tie dye and like mm. everyone's just high as fuck. It's just like, I'd, I love rather, the- I'd rather stay home with my dog. And then Tuesday when the show was, I had bowling league. I'm not missing bowling <laughs> league for the fucking John Mayer. You know what? It would be interesting. It was playoffs. If, if, like, if John on. Mayer cut off his middle finger for the rest of the. <laughs> I'd go to it. Yeah, yeah. that'd be I, interesting. I, I, I don't know that I'd go, but I'd believe it. <laughs> or what, wouldn't it be crazy if just in a freak accident, he lost his middle finger? 
Right. That would be that would be Jerry looking down and being like, I don't know about this one, Bobby. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> like a little prank. Yeah. Also, when we were uh, the, I did a, we were doing a bunch of research on the Grateful Dead because we were up for that show on Amazon that they were trying to do. And like the more research I did on Jerry and I read like Dark Star, I was like, this dude's life is sad as shit. It was shit. sad. Yeah. It was and like sad. I have I like I I've, I'm walking around with a Jerry Garcia T-shirt. I have this junkie on my fucking T-shirt. Like, no. Why am I? I'm, I'm I'm sick of idolizing junkies. I mean, everybody well, everybody found really... him to be like he was could be like the nicest guy. But like what it came down to is like a lot of him in the basement watching TV, eating Hagen Dazs, and smoking rat. And yeah. I love him, and I love the music. I always listen to it. They're one of my two, three favorite bands ever, and he's probably one of my favorite guitar players. But like. What do you want to listen to? You know, like Jimmy Buffett every day? Kind of, yeah. actually, yeah. <laughs> right. It's one, yeah, of, my, well, it's one was, of my presets on yeah, Sirius Radio. Yeah, you have Margaritaville on yeah, your yeah, That was a bad car. example. I should have said, like, you know. Um, <laughs> but no, I'd rather go see a fucking jazz show no, in downtown like, yeah, but the great, that I don't The greatest even jazz musicians were all junkies. Yeah, but like I, I, but you know what? It's just more new to me because I've done, I've just done the dead. I've like done it. I've listened to no, it. No, I hear you. I have I've too. like squeezed the towel dry. Yeah. So when I hear it, I'm just like, eh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Same with fish. You know, it's, it's just like I, I've been there, done that, got that T-shirt. See, Literally I, got like four T-shirts. Yeah, like yeah. I have T-shirts in my that. That drawer. ended for me a while ago because what I, you know, like that. I don't know. That just I I I recognize. I was like, this is the end of this for me. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was just back in the '90s when I liked tripping out and just. Going through that, right? You know, like those long shows and those long jams. At a certain point, I feel like whenever it became for them, like they were trying to write t- songs, and there was some time that they shifted from going like these just blazing cats, you know. Uh, oh, to, they got like funky. Yeah, and right around then, like probably again, like late nineties. Yeah, the, that's uh, when it happened. When I was just kind of like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. That's when I was starting to get into like Radiohead and shit. You know, right. I got into. Um, I started listening to the radio again. You know, <laughs> yeah. Early 2000s. No, I think, okay. well, Fish and the Grateful Dead were like the two of my biggest interests for like a good like seven year stretch. And now I, I think I just have more interests. Definitely. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when we started our band Drunk Old Ladies, that's when I stopped listening to Fish because I was like, oh, now I'm like making music now. And like it was, I was like, fuck listening to Fish. Like I'm like really immersed in like what we were doing. It was like fun and new and right. exciting. Like I don't want to sit around listening to fish anymore i want to like make this music well there was a there was a time period where it was i found it to be fun and rebellious to be into fish and the dead yeah because it was was kind of like people like you weren't nobody was sure if that was cool like people were like wait is that it's like those people in the laurel canyon documentary like it's uh and now like i said john mayer gave everyone a permission slip Mm-hmm. To to be love the oh, dead. Oh my god! The whole point of what I was saying before, bringing it back to that American Idol thing, is I was like there with my cousin. I was like, he's like, but what's good about these types of shows playing like Change Gonna Come or like these really meaningful songs that were written, you know, 30, 40, 50 years ago on these shows that are completely like he's like he's like you, there's kids that wouldn't other otherwise know these songs. Right. Yeah. That was what he was saying, and I totally understand that. But I'm like, man, there's got to be a better way to like get this music through to younger generations, mm-hmm. and like that would be my same thing when they were casting, if you even were auditioning, who was going to be the guitar player for this new Dead and Company. It was like, you know, I don't know. It's like if you were looking at a stack of headshots of guitar players and singers, right. it was like who else would be in that stack? Yeah. And I was like, there's got to be somebody else that can 
that where it feels like I was saying before, they understand like where the that the center of this is, the heart and soul of this is, as opposed to somebody that can bring in an extra five thousand you know tickets a night. Right. Or right. Yeah, like 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 uh, Joe Bonamassa. All <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, no, or like uh, Derek Trucks. No, see, when the Allman Brothers got back but together... But he's good for what? Maybe a couple, 300 tickets? Yeah, right. No, no Bobby, Bobby doesn't the, want to go back to the clubs. Man. No, 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 he, he does it. not. Yeah. I, I can get down with uh, America. It, for me to get... I like when they have like some train wreck on there <laughs> that then just like belts out oh, Pavarotti. Yeah. Well, that's like, just great, great TV. Like, there, yeah. there was one... That the kid I saw recently on America's Got Talent was he had his autism. My cousin showed blind, me that. And blind, on, blind. On the podcast. Yeah, and, and it, it's moving. It's Dude, moving. And he can sing. And it's cool when, when Simon is like, my God, <laughs> that was incredible. No, usually when they come out, they're making fun of them, and <laughs> yeah. then they blow their minds. Well, but I mean, yeah. th- this kid had a one-up because um, that other uh, train wreck, what was her name, from England? Susan Boyle. She was just a mess, and yeah. so they're ripping on her. Yeah. This kid comes out, he's got a cane, he's blind. I mean, it's like yeah, right. Howie Mandel, they kind of like holstered <laughs> their wisecracks, you know? So, so he had, but if he sucked, Simon would have been like, you have so much bravery for coming up here. And that's why I think, and that's why I like what you're doing, but I'm sorry, it's going to be a pass for me. But these like, my God, that was brilliant. I mean, like, yeah, that's what I, it's exciting sometimes where you just, what I do like about America's Got Talent is you do get these closet cases from the middle of fucking nowhere that are able to get this chance that they'd never have before. Because yeah. it's not like they don't have like music publishers anymore like they did back in Ellen and yeah, Bernie's right, right. day <laughs> to just go. And it's great TV. By the way, that so was, that. I mean, that was totally the, the other cool thing about their partnership was it was a real... Bernie Toppin didn't like hear music. He wrote like these beautiful oh lyrics. Yeah. And then Elton would just sit down and like... Busted but Ellen would write the music. The music, yeah, yeah. right, right, right. Because he he couldn't do lyrics, but and then the scenes where him and Bernie split up, and he does write the the lyrics. It's like, oh, it's so bad. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Wait, because did uh did Bernie Taupin write like "Can You Feel the Love Tonight" from like The Lion King? I don't think so. It? No, that's Ellen John. No, but maybe that was, so that Bernie some... Taupin, best songwriter ever. Um, Robert Hunter, for maybe. But yeah, they're both kind of. I mean, they're both storytellers. Mm-hmm. In fact, yeah. Bernie Toppin makes a point of saying that that he's a storyteller. But the, the the there is a cool thing with Bernie Toppin. I think he kind of got the better end of that Elton John deal, because even though he was the behind the scenes guy, mm-hmm. he was like a ladies' man, and he was like the cool guy, and like he would show up to the party, and then Elton John's dressed like a duck. You know, on like all these lewds, like and I mean, did life. Bernie Taupin have any of the same like demons and like fucked up? Life I mean, I think that he partied because there was uh, a time where he's like, "I need a break. I need to get off this." He's like, "All you do is write the lyrics." Ooh, like, yeah, ouch. there was a couple burns like that. <laughs> oh, man. No, no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> there was a couple, yeah, burn. Yo, but you know what it's I was saying right. about going to see like yeah, a jazz? but I mean, there those songs wouldn't be in again. He couldn't write those lyrics. No, for sure. You gotta, you gotta yeah. live the life to be able to, uh, like that was the thing with Robert Hunter is nobody knew who the hell he was. He was just rambling right. all the time. He was yeah. just constantly gone and, 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 and Robert Hunter, and this is the lyricist for the grateful dead for all the idiots that are listening. Uh, <laughs> and the Bernie Toppin, they both, they channeled a different kind, but a similar kind of Americana, yeah. even though Bernie was uh, British. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. some of those songs on Tumbleweed, is it Tumbleweed Connection or yeah, They're like Cowboy. Yeah, they are. That's Cowboy my favorite songs. Elton John that's album. A yeah. I mean, that's really one. the only one I know. Amarina. Like, yeah, that yeah. might be the best one. It's yeah. so good. Ballad of a Lone Gun or whatever. But oh, I was saying, like, uh, 
because like I know jazz musicians were like notorious junkies. It's I'd rather go. It's the, I'd rather go see that show instead. Like it's me wanting to go see other bands. Whereas I was usually I used to just be Fish and the Dead. Oh yeah, those were the only shows I was going to see. Like I'd rather go see like fucking Future Islands. Are the fucking voids? Like mm. like for real? Like yeah. There's just more. It made me realize there's no more like fucking the voids, music out there. The void was an exciting show. Yeah, you guys are. It's totally. like there's like a week. There's like you're not sure what's gonna happen. It has like a dangerous kind of feel to it. I just had this like awakening of like mm. fuck. There's so many more bands I could. Be I going actually really seeing, feel like. a kinship. The rest of the guys in the band don't even know it, but like I talk about it sometimes, even with our manager. Like I feel like there's a weird. We're like the. It's a freak cousin like kinship. To those bands like The Dead and even like Fish, like jam bands with the voids, or where we want to well, go. Well, there's an unpredictability. Is, yeah, an yeah, unpredictability, yeah. like a risk. You know what I mean? Like something is just, we're kind of, um, I mean, we are trying to write songs and we're trying to have something that's going to be able to crack through. But um, just something where we're changing it up every night, where it's not, it's like the development of a musical process as opposed to like a polished product. Right, right. You know? And I feel like a lot of times we're, you have to do that to a certain point. Mm -hmm. You just have to, because it's like, we can't go out there and, because first of all, Julian's not a guitar player, he's a singer. So it's not like he has an instrument to just like, to jam on if we were going to just go off for 30 minutes. You know, he could recite poetry like Morrison style. Can he, he can play guitar though, can he? He can, yeah. but, um, I, you know, like he can improvise, I, I think, to a point. Mm. Um, but I don't think that he likes to hear himself like back, like playing very much. Right. Like a lot of the times, like on the Instant Crush song, the, the Daft Punk song, that's him playing that guitar solo. And on the first, uh, on Tyranny, he plays a bunch of the guitar. Oh, God. A lot of that, you know, Jeremy and Amir weren't there for the whole recording of that in New York. So he can play on guitar and he writes on guitar. But um, when we're just improvising, like if we're in rehearsals and we're just going off for a half hour. Right. Um, at a certain point, it's li- you. You're. You're. That's just not his natural thing. Y- he do. just doesn't know anyone's watching, and you look in, and he's doing like the Eddie Van Halen. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's not hitting. He's front not hitting front. Dave Energy yeah. Guide teases. <laughs> oh, by the way, I was gonna say because um, we're, we're in talking about the documentaries. Is we so. Uh, and we can talk about this a little bit. We were in New York last week playing Governor's Ball. And right. How was that? It was great. But real quick, so I was flying back on Sunday on Delta, and there's a, a documentary uh, um, that Spike Lee just put out about Aretha Franklin called Amazing Grace. Oh, wow. Have you heard no. about this? No. So she did a show in L.A. in 1971 at this Baptist church. She wanted to make a gospel record. She lived her whole life in Detroit, mm-hmm. but she wanted to make a gospel album. So she came to L.A. because there was this... I guess this uh, this church that the, the the choir she wanted to work with, and she brought her pastor with her, and Sidney Pollock directed it. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Wow. And um, before he passed away, it was in '71. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So this. Was oh, I bo- thought it was a Spike Lee joint. <laughs> oh no no he well so what ended up happening is the pro- it was abandoned she never wanted it released. Okay. And the way that, that it was shot because it was so. Whatever was going on like during production, they weren't like slating. All the sync was off with the mm-hmm. video and the audio, which turned out to be a colossal fucking mess and tons of work, uh, coupled with the fact that she never wanted it released. Right. So it just got shelved like forever. Wow. And um, it wasn't until she died that her whole family was like, you know, gave this production company permission to, to open it up and go through it. Right. And, um, and they did. And it is... 
extraordinary, dude. Interesting. It's I'm going to watch that when I get home. It's I haven't not heard out, any... No, no, it's not out yet. So uh, it's just I on Delta? For, by the way, I was, I was weeping on the plane with yeah. my shades on. I've never cried so much on a plane. She's my favorite singer of all time. Mm-hmm. Like, my number yeah, one, man. I think she's the greatest she's great. singer ever. And um, so... And I had a horrible hangover. We, I was up drinking until like five the mm-hmm. night before. I had a headache and shit. And we had an early flight and I just was just not feeling good. And um, so I slept for the first couple hours and then I woke up and I was just scrolling through the movies that were available. And then I saw that and I was like, boom, I'm watching. You hadn't even sure. heard of it? Hadn't even heard of yeah, it. I, I, and wow. she comes out and in the quiet, it's just incredible. It's, yeah. so, it's so powerful. By the way, so we should, if you, are you in town the next week, like week or two? Yeah. It's playing at a few theaters in LA. Oh, really? Now, um, there's a theater that uh, Lemley on uh, Wilshire and... Um, yeah. Maybe three or four miles away from me. Right. I was going to go this week. Yeah, I'm down. But, yeah, uh, well, I want to go out till five a.m. I want to get that. Yeah, I want that experience too. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna I clo- feel like let's that, close the bar. I mean, even if I'm watching the Muscle Shoals documentary. Uh, oh, she's have, she's great in that. Where they do that. She just gives me chills. I know. She, I got chills when she sang at the Kennedy Center did oh. a memorial for um, Carol King. Yeah, I yeah. get chills when she's in not the, memorial, when she's in the Blues Brothers. She's fucking awesome. Dude, Obama's crying. Obama's crying, and then there's some Asian guy behind him that's just like. It, no, that's Yo-Yo Ma. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, he's some kidding. Asian guy. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know who it was. Oh, but he's it's fucking all bawling. she does. All she does is she sits down. And first of all, her piano playing is fucking yeah, great yeah, too. Yeah. So she sits down and she's playing. <laughs> you make me feel like because Carol King was being yeah exactly and being so, honored. Yeah. And so she uh, Aretha Franklin comes out. That's one of, for all the idiots listening. That right. was one of her biggest. And she's fucking. <laughs> and she plays that intro, intro piano line. And right when it starts, it's like. Oh my God! No, Carol King's goes, reaction is like she's floored, and, and then she goes looking out on mm. the pouring rain. Oh yeah, you know she does that opening line, and right away you see a, a Barack just wiping a tear from his. Uh, and then she gets the whole crowd going. She takes off her mink fucking coat. Yeah, and she gets everybody on their oh, feet yeah. at the it was end. Sick. She goes big with it, and um, if everybody should watch that, that's an insane performance. Yep. And that was late in her life. That yeah, was that like, was like four years ago. Yeah. I never know if Obama's really crying or not. No, I was thinking of those, that too. He's it's like he's scratching. There's something cue. phony about his crying. But he, I wonder if they, because he's a, as a president, you really need to like. But keep you know it together. what? Though the people that performed at the White House during the time that he was there, you could. And have you ever heard him sing Al Green? Have you ever seen uh, like the slow jam, the news with Jimmy Fallon? No, no, Fallon? no, no, no. He was. Uh, oh, he, he was doing a speech. I'm yeah. so in love with yeah, you. Right. He like sings that at some speech that he's giving. He's got a good voice. Yeah. Wait, I'm surprised him and Bill Clinton should like start a band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That'd be amazing. They really should. The ex-presidents. Um, yeah. That's amazing. They really yeah, should. Yeah. Um, but no, like, cause when he would give a speech about like a school shooting, I, I, he would cry. Just, I can never tell if he's really crying. Cause like, you know, when someone's crying. Well, Does Trump, has Trump ever cried? <laughs> I don't think what so. Did he, he was just at the memorial for the shooting somewhere and just made a huge, he just. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> some people were looking at like I don't know his Isn't outfit, or his, thing? his hair. <laughs> his oh hair wait, yeah, like, yeah. Back it was like grease back. Yeah, yeah, so was, and then today he was wearing a Ch- Winston Churchill hat. <laughs> some he, speeches given a D Day. He is so. Bizarre. By the way, Happy D Day. Oh yeah, Happy D Day. <laughs> yeah. Now this. Let's celebrate, Carrie. You know, I even think worse than bullying is when the cool guy like takes the loser out on a date. You know. Yeah, like uh, uh, Lucas, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't like that. That's even worse to me than, than bullying. Uh, Corey yeah, Haim. Corey yeah, Corey Haim. And, uh, and Charlie Sheen. But one of the things that we were saying is like... Oh, I like the color. I, this is a good shot right here. Yeah, that is. 
there, I love ball Damn. busting and, and, you know, people that can take it and it's like fun, you know, break some balls and, you know, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you, and also, by the way, talking shit is perfectly fine. Everyone talks shit about everybody. I have a, I think bullying is the worst thing in the world. And, and, and the whole thing with the, with the school shooters, cause we live in the golden age of school shooting <laughs> is like, I almost feel like it's bullying correcting itself because I know if I have kids, I'm going to be like, let me like, you're going to be nice to everybody or else there, you could die, <laughs> Yeah, which I'm sure people are probably saying. Like, and yeah, it's like you, I want you to go find the biggest misfit and like, make sure you team up with that guy because one of the, one day he could be coming in with a rifle and it could save your life. But I actually think that in sometimes in, it's the way that Trump has kind of, um, especially with, uh, with, uh, sex assault and sexual mistreatment and racism by default of him being a massive piece of shit awakened people to such a great extreme that we've never seen before. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's also, I sort of feel the same way about these school shootings is that it, it, it came to that. It came to that, that isolation and that feeling of, you know, bullying and, and mistreatment that I think it's almost like how Trump sort of corrected by default of being a piece of shit, he corrected these things that were brewing for so long that needed to be righted. And I think that we will probably be going into a, a better age of, of, of treatment, pure treatment. Possibly. I don't know. But I there's still cyberbullying. Yeah, People are still cyberbullying like a motherfucker. But yeah. also, school shootings now, are they, are they from bullying? Or are they from people just like these fucking whack jobs that want to be like, known or remember i mean there's disgruntled it's, it's students all... but there's, there's just this other one that happened the other day and um where was it was it uh oh my god i just haven't been paying attention to the news because it I'm was in uh, virginia beach yeah virginia i was gonna say but that wasn't a school that no, was no i was gonna like say so the, it's happening everywhere yeah I mean, right. even in the workplace i mean people are but you know a bigger problem more than school shootings are fucking teen suicide it's like literally like left like every day Tons. Is it worse now than it's, it's ever been? I think so, yeah. Yeah. That's like a bigger problem because it's happening like all the time. Right. And that's from that cyberbullying. Or not even cyberbullying, just not getting enough likes on your fucking Instagram. Well, yeah. That's I mean, just insane. <laughs> yeah. Th- those people are obviously... Th- I, yeah. No, I think, yeah, the, I think the internet has definitely amplified a lot of these things. But I, I think it's one of these things where it'll... It will kind of correct you. You're seeing the worst of it, and I think it will ultimately just be something that had to kind of happen as a as this the darkest form of progress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard to tell. I don't know. I mean, how just what a cell phone and connecting with people. I'm saying for young people, especially. Right. You know, like students. Did you see that movie Eighth Grade? No, it's really good. Really? Yeah. yeah. It kind of gets into not school shootings or teen suicide, but like. You disenfranchised yeah, yeah. kid. Like they're, she's, they're, they're all just so obsessed and with like being like accepted, but especially like on well, the because now a high school kid in the middle of nowhere, Wisconsin can be Instagram famous or, you know, but you also think about like, if there's a kid that's having a hard time at school, the second that he gets home, hopefully to like a loving home, right. You know, if they're let's, I don't know what's the right age for like a kid to get a phone now, for example, but like, let's Four. say they have one, yeah. <laughs> but you know, then they go home and they're still looking at their classmates and everything. And they're right. feeling double insecure just yeah. even post school hours. You know? Right. So their insecurity is just like ramped up. All goddamn day long, and yeah. and yeah, that's so, and that's people in general. You know what I mean? Right. There's just constantly a uh, why does this person have this and I don't have that? You know. And I think when you're uh, susceptible to those types of feelings, like at an earlier age, where it really fucks with you emotionally. Yeah. Um, 
that could be a real problem. They should know? remake Carrie with iPhones, and she <laughs> can like she can like make your iPhone like fucking get lit on fire when you, if you like don't like her photo. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, cause think about how like you know they, there's a reason why they call them your awkward teenage years. Like you're fucking figuring shit out. You're like your hormonal. Yeah, but and you're but you are you're awkward and you're like insecure. But now adding phones to that, like it was weird enough in the '90s. Now you got to add a fucking cell phone and all that shit. But didn't shit you it? say one of the things in. Like, fuck that. I'm so the, glad I'm not in high school right what's now. What's the movie that you just saw? The one that's like super bad. Oh, uh, um, uh, Booksmart. Booksmart kind of addressed the way that like schools now are. It's not, the lines aren't drawn like jocks, dorks anymore. It's like everybody kind of has their place. Uh, yeah, and what? Well, but this that movie takes place in L.A., so I don't know if that's right. just well, L.A. LA is just could, much more. Wait, what do you that's mean everybody thing. has their place? Like it, it, it's like yeah, you can be like a, a trans kid, and it's yeah. like you know you're you you aren't like a misfit like you used to be. Yeah. Like you have your community, and like there's people that like think that's cool, and like everybody kind of has their space. But you know what? It's probably fucking hell on earth. I don't know <laughs> what, what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm glad I'm not in school right now. I'm really glad. Yeah. Yeah. In L.A. I mean, I didn't like school when I was in it. Now, now you, how was high school for you? Did you it was, like it? It was fine. I just hated school. Oh, yeah. I hated, like, social studies and fucking I hated math. It too. And I wish I, I could go back good. now, actually. I'd like to go back now. But it's also, like, a little not fitting in is good because that's what's going to get you picking up a guitar. That's what's going to get well, you that's what being Chris, like, man, fuck this. I'm going to go be cure something cancer. awesome. Yeah. yeah, that Chris Rock has a whole bit about that where right. he's like, we need bullying. <laughs> yeah. Actually. You know, the kids that are just coasting through, you know, become, <laughs> you know, the plane with the Grateful Dead. Is yeah. <laughs> right. That's all, true. You know, they just, they glide through life. I'm just kidding. He's probably had his struggles, but. Um, or it's like, go pick up a rifle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, that, but I mean, that's true. It's like, because I think when then nowadays when kids are getting bullied, I think it's like the fantasy becomes like. I'm going to fucking kill all of you. You know, I mean, that's like a real thing. It's yeah, not but like, I mean, there it's were not like, school yeah, shootings. Like there was, that was happening in the nineties. You know, there was, I like, was, I was thought Columbine was Columbine like the first. That was the Chuck Berry. What about, yeah. what about shooting? Jeremy yeah. though? Eddie Vedder that, was said that he was, that like, was the Sergeant Pepper of <laughs> shootings. <laughs> yeah. But wait, so oh yeah, Jeremy, that yeah. was based on a real thing. Yeah. He was in the classroom, but he didn't kill any. He just killed himself. I That's think. true. Good point. But he, but didn't he take a, something to the recess teacher's breasts or something? <laughs> teeth, something teeth to took the his breasts in the lunch lady's breasts. How could I forget? Oh, the, the first school shooting was Kent State. Good point. Yeah, but that, that was, was that was one. the FBI. Oh, that was the, the that wasn't the feds. That was like the uh, was that the National Guard? Oh or? wait, you're right. Oh. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Is this Robert Plant in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the that's the greatest American hero. Remember that oh, show? Yeah, no. right. Believe it or not, um, oh, so he plays like the cool guy who takes. And the thing is, is he takes Carrie out, and she's like kind of buckable here. Wait, so but is he doing this? Is he's, he he's doing this? He's doing it to be. Like it's kind of reverse bullying. He's gonna be the guy who take because oh. his girlfriend is like, "Would you take Carrie to the oh, okay. And then he gets there and is like, "She's pretty good." And he like, look, he kind of wants oh, to pipe. Yeah. Right. He kind of wants to pipe right there. <laughs> and then it's like she's. He's like, "Dude, wait a second. This is crazy that everybody is fucking so down on this chick." And then it's like just when it is about to maybe be. Oh, and then they give and her the, the bunk. Oh, they, right. they vote for her to be the the prom queen. But she's got all this like uh, telekinesis, but she can't see this coming. She can't see right. this this swindle that they're she pulling on her. She already knows that she has powers. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but she can't see what's about to come. It's kind of a little what bit of a her, plot what, hole there. What is uh, is Badlands her like best movie? She, yeah, Badlands is pretty awesome. Badlands, Three Women. Yeah. 
three women. And, and like, yeah, I mean, Badlands, like, she's, you know, Sissy Spesic is a very unique-looking actress, but, like, she's, yeah, I mean, I love her in Badlands. She's awesome. Yeah, yeah. she is. That's um, the original true romance. Yeah. Yeah. They actually use the same music. They use the same music. Man, Martin Sheen was like... It's interesting to think about the films that he was making in the 70s and like where he... Like, what was he doing in the 80s? You know what I'm saying? Like, God, I, that's a good I, question. I feel like I first found out... <laughs> but I'm saying I feel like I first oh, found out... Oh, he's in um, Videodrome. Or no, uh, d- dead, uh, oh, dead Zone. Dead Zone. But you're right, though. It's like Apocalypse Now Badlands, and then West next Wing. thing you know, West Wing. He's yeah. the president. Yeah, yeah. How'd that fucking work? No, that's true. Yeah, he did have those big ones. He had Apocalypse Now, Badlands. What else was he? Where, where I almost he? wonder if in the '80s he was just like, you know what, Emilio, Charlie, have your like, right. go have your fun because you're the Sheens now. Yeah, uh, and, cl- and they just <laughs> owned. The they just owned it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Sheen. I never got into uh, the West Wing. <laughs> oh my god, I loved it. I fucking love that show so much. But I revisited it and I watched the first season, and the first season doesn't hold up at all. Um, like it just, it's so dated. But the second, it's strange. I feel like the second season. No, I'm wrong. I'm not even going to finish that thought because I just realized with uh, True Detective that wasn't the case. I was going to say the second season, a lot of the times they really figure it out. Mm. But uh, even Ozark, I remember. I like season anything, two of if Ozark. If anything, it's the... Do you do? See, yeah. I, I, I fell off on it because I, I was like, there's something about the first season generally where they don't know if it's going to be yeah. a, Speak of the Devil, Ringo Starr. Um, uh, yeah, it, I never looked up what his hit was. <laughs> oh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Wait, no, the devil's, well, the devil's like, like the, a compliment. The first season, it's like they you got a thing, you really don't know what it is. The actors aren't they haven't like yeah, yeah. settled right. into the characters, the writers, everything is just kind of going. And by the second season, it was like, holy shit, that was a hit. Mm-hmm. So we you need to keep doing what you were doing, you need to keep doing what you were doing. And it starts you start to see like um, a little bit of the spontaneity getting oh, yeah, out of the show. Sure. That's how I felt about Ozark. I'll be interested to see what they do with Chernobyl season two. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm on. Uh, I just finished the first episode last. <laughs> oh year. man, fucking it gear, gear up! So oh really? Crazy. Oh, it's so good. It's yes. now. It was just. It's the number one highest ranked show on IMDb. Yeah, no number kidding. one. Yeah. I can't believe that. Yeah, because I, I mean, I, it's it's in, it's incredible, and I had no idea it was set in the UK. What? I thought it was Russia. <laughs> well, it's the Ukraine. Isn't it? No, but I mean, they all have British accents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dude, ridiculous. Um, you know, by the way, that was a smart move because the Russian accent can get cartoony quickly. Very, yeah. So I mean, but I mean, it's pretty damn good. I yeah. mean, it, look, it's a, it's a, it's disaster porn for sure. But it's, but I think they do, they uh, they do honor the heroes. They honor yeah. what it what actually happened. Mm. And uh, I mean, there's some there's episode some, four. Uh, Look, look How out. many are there? Five. But four has got a real like, whoa. Oh, oh yeah. Fuck. Yeah, no, that you're just four like, is you're bad. You're just like, fuck. Wow. Three. I can't believe they went there. But it makes sense that they went there because they're right. just showing all the, the effects of radiation yeah. on the. Yeah. And like where it just, yeah, you'll see. I'll tell you what, if you're, if you have one of the, if you get coming down from that weird uh, 5 a.m. drunk <laughs> and you're going into the Mr. Scary zone, don't Google Chernobyl children. <laughs> <laughs> It's not Mr. They all look like Ringo Starr. This is so weird to say, but the lighting is. This is like. um, That's De Palma. It's De Palma. It's so cool. Yeah, Yeah, I guess it is. is. He's got to think. Scarface, his nightclub shots of the Scarface. It's got a. It's Trashter Pieces. He makes Trashter Pieces. Yeah, that's like. uh, It's almost David Lynchy, but like. No, that's the. It's it's like trash, but 
fucking awesome. I love that PJ Souls has the prom dress with like the ball cap. Yeah, I love. I love. Everyone loved PJ Souls back then. Hey, so you want to go? That? Let's go through uh, Martin Sheen's eighties. He was in Gandhi. He plays Richard Attenborough. Oh, wow. And okay. then um, the Dead Zone Firestarter. A lot of just like okay, oh, so then, he and then he's in Stephen Wall Street. St- oh, oh, that's Wall right. Street. He's great yeah, in Wall yeah, yeah. Street. Yeah. But then he's in a lot of movies that I've never heard of, and then he comes back in JFK as the narrator. Oh, that's right. Yep. Um, yeah, that, in the beginning, just that beginning clip, dude. He yeah, he had the a Bay really kind of like underground like career in the eighties. Like just really a lot of unknown movies I've never. heard By of the way, shout out to JFK. Even if you're not into JFK conspiracy stuff, it plays like a New Orleans oh, yeah, mystery. Totally. It's, it's a great movie. They, he takes the the that the whole conspiracy was set in New Orleans. Yeah, um, and all the characters are like super weird and dark, and I, I think it's like a, a great like. Well, that thriller. was a, he, he, the guy that Kevin Costner plays. That was like a the, real dude. Yeah, the, uh, and he was a, Garrison. He was a New Orleans, yeah, but he wasn't as squeaky clean as that movie oh, makes no, him out no, to no, be. He no, was no, a real no. like oh, freak. There's characters. Yeah. Donald Sutherland's character is completely made up. Oh, I'm sure. I, that, I will, that person never I, existed. I will tell the listeners that if you want to do a deep dive on one of the most perplexing, mysterious human beings I've ever come across. There's a couple books. I have both of them. Uh, Get Ferry. It's about yeah. David Ferry, the guy who Joe Pesci plays. This fucking guy. Yeah, and he's, he's like apparently the, the, the coordinator of the whole thing. He's like, I mean, this guy is, he's a defrocked priest. <laughs> he's like, he was doing, he's, he's got alopecia, so he has no hat, hair, but he was doing like cancer testing on rats. Uh, and they, people like in the quarter would say that he was using, he would use rat hair for his eye lashes. This guy, I mean, just for all people listening right now, Google David Ferry. But don't do it if you've been up till 5 a.m. Because he's so. Oh, it was just a hangover. It wasn't like I was on a drug drug house. If you read it, I've never read about a shadier character. Like how can somebody's life be so fucking just everything? You're like, whoa. Yeah. There. there Whoa. Yeah. Everything, everything, everything about him, everything about him is a mystery. And Joe Pesci, Joe Pesci did a great job. But everything about this guy is a mystery. Everything is bizarre. Ferry is spelled F-E-R-R-I-E, by the way. But he got, he got defrocked for, uh, for pedophilia. Oh, I believe, he was best, I believe he it. Was just good, looking he, at this picture, he was, good, he was good friends with Lee Harvey Oswald. Like, I mean, the, every and just when you think he can't get sketchier, just turn the page, and the next. Who do you think killed Kennedy? I think it's a it, it's a it's a amalgamation of a few different things, but I think I think the mob. Oh, yeah. but I think the mob working Giancana. Yeah. yeah, no, but working with Carlos working Marcello. With, yeah. Working with Marcello, and I think that, that there's a French component too. What do you the, mean? The French, because uh, Marcello, Marcello had the beef because Bobby Kennedy deported him to Guatemala mm-hmm. just just yeah. to be a dick. Yeah, and <laughs> to Guatemala that he deported Carlos Marcello. Well, Bobby to Guatemala. was tough on all the gangsters. And, yeah, and what, what did he dissolve the day Kennedy got killed? The the special uh, counsel against the organized crime in the United States because he knew. I'm also pretty wait, sure that wait, Joe. What do, what do you mean? Bob, I think Bobby knew I, that it was coming. No, Bobby knew. Bobby thought that they were just punks he didn't realize that they would actually go there uh-huh. and when you start to realize that uh david ferry was friends with david ferry worked for marcello david ferry was friends with uh lee harvey oswald you tell me there's no connection but that grassy knoll shooter like i when if you just do read enough books because <laughs> one of the things that kennedy disrupted in a major way was the her- heroin coming in from corsica that would come through new orleans that marcello mm. was involved so they they got and Big surprise, the, the biggest hitman in France, where is he on the day Kennedy is assassinated? 
in Dallas. What would the fucking biggest hitman in <laughs> France be doing in Dallas of all days? And what what are they so doing? He was, no, he, he was no, a trigger man. They, no, they picked him up and deported him. I think he's the he's the badge man, the guy they show on the grassy knoll. Is this guy Lucian Sartre? Look at look at this guy. Wait, what do you mean the badge man? There's there's oh, a guy yeah. oh, on the man. grassy knoll when, where they where they look at the. Uh, it was a guy. This guy Lucian Sartre, this this French guy dressed as a cop. There's a on, photo of the trees. The they like enhance it to make it look like they, there's actually a person there with yeah. a gun. It's crazy. So I think it was. Uh, I think it was because uh, Robert Oswald. Kennedy. Robert Kennedy was like really attacking the mob, and Joe Kennedy, their yeah. dad, was like, "Dude, what are you doing? Yeah, like fucking." Because well, he like, was. Like, he was a. Yeah. He was a. He was like, "Don't fuck with them. Just let the them." Kennedy let them dad go. was like original gangster. He was a total. No, I yeah. think there's a lot of people that wanted him dead, but I think that the it was pulled off between Marcello, John Cana, and and the French mafia. And, uh, but utilizing so it had nothing CIA, to do with. Uh, the Soviet Union and Cuba at all? Like No, no, that's all tied in there too. Oh, because so they were giving them safe uh, also haven. Also, because uh, uh, um, the, uh, David Ferry and Lee Harvey Oswald were all, all pro-Cuba. Right. Oh, so yeah. th- there's, there, there, was, there were so many reasons to want him dead that it all just came together. But I think that those guys... Um, it's literally so like there's so many. I know that it, it's it's hard to believe that it was just but one guy. You're telling me that the biggest front, the, the, a, a French assassin, is in Dallas the day that he's killed, and he has that's 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 part of the the French. And then what connection. do you think about the Jack Ruby? Like, I think he it, took a fall for a for a he he had to do that, or they probably would have like killed his family, right? Because he was like connected that. to the mob was, too. Oh yeah, right, right, yeah. yeah. So I, I mean, it, it very well could have just been Lee Harvey Oswald, but he was hired. No. But he wasn't just like pissed at President Kennedy. No, no, it no, came no, from no, fucking no, other no, places, no, obviously. No, no. Yeah, this guy Lucian Sartre um, was it was definitely that other shooter. It's um, just hard to believe that he acted. So alone. he was the one that when it's his that that last shot, like on the Zapruder tape, where his mm-hmm. head just goes. There's no way that that was Oswald's bullet. No, no. I mean, that's the dark side of the moon of fucking <laughs> headshots. I mean, that was. Yeah. That was a great shot. So what's the Sergeant Pepper of headshot? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lincoln. <laughs> nice. No, that's like the, the rubber sole. Ah, <laughs> uh, here we go. Let's here comes here. the pig's blood. Uh, yeah, this good. guy. Oh, she's going to go Lu- shit. Lucian Sarti. Yeah. That's who like, pre- pretty much people think. Dude, it looks the... like Leonard Cohen. Yeah. Oh, and by <laughs> yeah, the way, there's a new, right. there's yeah, a new really Leonard does. Cohen movie coming out. Oh, I think I heard out. about yeah. that. Wait, a, a, bio, a movie about him? It's or a about his relationship with this woman, that Marianne. And uh-huh. they were living in this like, weird city in Greece. And it was when he was just a songwriter for other people. And it's about then him becoming a singer and then him becoming this like, he was just started like banging all these chicks. And, but like he was the, she was like the love of him, his life. But then he just became, you know, rock star Leonard Cohen. Do you like Leonard Cohen? So yeah, I think Leonard Cohen was behind the Kennedy assassination. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do. I, lo- I, I do. I, I, he was never like somebody, like I can't sit here and just say like, oh my God, he was my favorite person ever right um like i've had phases of of being into him but he's not somebody that i listen to like all the time yeah i mean yeah you're not gonna it's not on anybody's workout mix i mean it's it's, it's hard to like listen I like to. That it's not one. hard is to listen to but what like, you wanted that, yeah, to live i like the song you did for true detective season two haunted. but no like it's hard to like sit down and listen to leonard cohen because it's like jesus Christ. it's a, it's a specific <laughs> it's a specific thing for yeah sure. yeah 
I, you know what one I don't really love? Everybody knows. I don't like that the song either. Killers. Killers. Get out Is that the Natural Born Killers one? Yeah. Yeah, I don't like that song either. I think there's a new documentary on um, the Beastie Boys on Ill Communication that's on Amazon or something. Oh, I think geez. I saw something there's like so that. There's so many fucking documentaries. I know. That's, well, that's why I was saying with the Elton John thing where I was like, I just, I just rolled my eyes at it. I'm glad to hear that it was good and yeah. that they at least did something like made it a musical. It's, it's fun. I mean, or I know. at least that they did something not just like Queen, like right. where they, they made it. They added elements of surrealism. Yeah, just, exactly. they yeah. did. I feel yeah. like they had to. They had, that makes no, sense. No, because that they did the that. story was pretty, pretty yeah. point and click. Like, guy gets famous, guy. Yeah. And like, if you're going to go the gay version, Mercury obviously has the market cornered on that because <laughs> it goes the AIDS thing. And yeah. that, was, that was a huge major thing. Yeah, but thing. they didn't cover I, I still haven't seen Bohemian Rhapsody, but from what I understand, they didn't even get into that in the movie. No. The homosexuality. Yeah, that would eh, be. They, very. They, not, not a ton. They definitely do in Rocketman. I mean, there's like full on gay scenes. And by the way, you know who seems like an all star was Doug Weston. The oh, guy, the troubadour. The troubadour. Uh, was he gay? <laughs> yeah, but he's like totally this flamboyant. Like he just with like a huge like crocodile Dundee knife. <laughs> oh, wow. It was just like I mean, he's. I would like to see a movie on him. Who is that guy? Is it, I love he that was his just name. A I love that his owner. name is his still name, there. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Wait, he was the owner or the booker? The, the owner. And the owner. Uh, yeah. Booker, yeah. yeah. Doug Weston's the true. Doug, Doug Weston's the Troubadour. Troubadour. Or Troubadour. Yeah, yeah they did. Yeah, I, I never knew who that guy was. Yeah. I figured it was the guy that owns it. I love yeah. that. Uh, and I love that Dan. I haven't been there in forever. One of my favorite shows during the B-Club days, we had one time that we played at the Troubadour. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to Dantana's after this. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like 400 bucks. Of course. Yep. Yeah. It was like. What a great combo. Those two next to each other. The best. Yeah. Dude. Wow. Like now, forget of it. If, I, if I'm going to see a show at the Troubadour, no matter what it is, mm-hmm. I'm having dinner at Dantana's. Well, it's yeah. one of those little pockets of LA, no matter, because look at your, the, the border of Beverly Hills is that street. Yeah. So yeah. you've got Beverly Hills and West Hollywood and West Hollywood is super, you know, whatever that is. But uh uh, I mean, I'm not saying anything mean about West Hollywood. Uh, it's just that it's so, like, polished now. But that there's that little, like, nook yeah. of rock. Little old school history. History. It's really right just those two places. They're just, yeah. they, you know. And there's, like, but, an older, there's, like, a Thai place, too. There's, like, a Thai restaurant. <laughs> they just work well together. They're, they go really and well together. And it's kind of the lone survivor of the classic L.A. venues because mm-hmm. the whiskey and the Roxy just get kind of trashed. That whole area is yeah. gone. I still like to pop into the Rainbow from time to time, though. Rainbow's yeah, still the Rainbow's fun. great. Yeah. But, like, the Roxy is not... Yeah, those venues, just, there's no great, like, bands. No, right? like, not even, the Viper like, the cool local bands don't play. Yeah. They don't no, play no, there. Not I, at all. I remember the B-Club, we played, I think, three times at the Viper. Anytime that they reached out to us to play there, I was like, fuck yeah, let's Oh, well, why not? Yeah, totally. They always had a good sound system, and parking always sucked. That was one of the oh, yeah. things. But it was like, that is a shame to me. I always said that L.A., compared to all other fucking cities maybe of the world, definitely American cities, does so little to value its history, you know? Yeah. It's a newer, any, everything on the West Coast is newer for sure, but it's like, I'm not saying you can leave the Marlboro Man like add up on Sunset Boulevard. Clearly you can't do that. But like they don't do anything to like preserve, like the Sunset Strip should feel different. I mean, somehow. I feel the same way about New York. Because they turned CBGB into a John Varvey. Well, know. no, and also like the 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 village, the the village, like all those places where like Dylan was playing. They're all like open mic comedy yeah, it's like clubs. Totally, <laughs> like, it's like trash, shops, like yeah. frat bars, like. <laughs> The Chicago? I mean, really, the Lower East Side is like, it's all fashion Oh, shit. it's, I can't, yeah. Yeah. Um, Wait, does Chicago hold on to its history? I think so. In fact, I would say that even, you know, just I'm biased, but I feel like people that come, there's something old-fashioned to Chicago that I love, like, mm. so much. 
there's all those great little steakhouses. Like when we were, I brought the voids there when uh, last time we were in Chicago. To um, to it's there's a million of them, and then you go in there and there's pictures of Sinatra and you know the carpeted floor, and it's just they've been it's just a steak, a meat uh, and potatoes kind of Frank. Thing. I feel like that's just the Midwest. It is, yeah. but it's like nobody but, did it but, like Frank. <laughs> but it, it it doesn't feel disingenuous, like yeah, where right. it's like oh, oh let's put up the fucking totally. picture. Uh, of like, that's another thing, Jacob. Don't they kind of take the piss out of the rap? The, they they're at Sunset Sound and they they show uh, the Frank Sinatra and D Martin. He's like, yeah, I don't really know much about those guys. Oh God! Uh, I'm not gonna. Well, see that was him trying to flex his, friend, his sense of humor. Maybe, like, yeah, oh, maybe. Yeah, 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 maybe I just don't know Jacob Dylan's sense of humor. Maybe he's a super <laughs> fucking crap. Well, the way that you just put laugh. it makes it seem like he was just trying to like, be, like, be funny. Well, right, he's right. got. He, he, it's one of these things like um, the mama and the one of the mamas from Mama and the Papa, uh, <laughs> the the one um, Phillips, uh, Mama Phillips. Uh, she's like. Uh, they're because they're playing you do what you want to do and and it's their version right and she's like oh my god it sounds so good and Jacob Dylan's like guess we did a good job then with that one it's oh, just very god. uncomfortable like, no but I very... just I, I don't like documentaries where you're seeing the interviewer and the, or the director Dave Grohl did that in the Sound City one it's like dude Scorsese does it, away. Scorsese does it perfectly I like that you're just you saying the reverse uh, shot you should never where, see the director where there's a ever. shot of them listening to the person talking right yeah no, you should never saying? see that in a documentary I don't think documentaries where, where, you should Jake, be on the fucking person being interviewed Jacob, and archival just the footage. talker just That's the it. talker Jacob Dylan's in every frame that's so weird I don't like that it's, or it's a nice two shot. You could you could show me a wide shot once, or the two of them sitting at the same time. But like I loved the Sound City documentary, but with, then when you when it turned and you saw Dave Grohl, I'm like, oh, at least go. with that, is it's like you know you're not being like manipulated. That's yeah. what I'm saying. It's like they can do like that's how they would do the Daily Show and the John Oliver and those fake interviews. Is they would just make all these funny faces. They would interview somebody. Mm. Um, like they would have a real honest conversation, even if it right. was some lunatic. You know, uh, you know how they would just fuck with people. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. And all the reverse shots, they would probably just they would be like, "All right, thanks for the interview. All right, see you later." And then they would just do close-ups of them doing these funny faces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they right. would do cut it. They so they edit it together. Oh yeah, like as if the person's lit. You know, right? Like, like John Oliver is listening to somebody tell a story and just being like. Making all these goofy fucking faces, right? Uh, well, for, know, that, it, for that show, it's it funny. makes sense for that. No, yeah. no, yeah, but I, I know what you, I know what you're saying. Yeah, when I'm watching, I'm trying to think of like a great example. I, I just I just want to hear the people that are talking and like the footage that they're showing. Yeah, you've gotten boring. You're like me. I don't like I don't I like, need I like, to Ken, turn Bur- I like Ken Burns documentary. Yeah, that's right, all I watch yeah. anymore. But I don't need way, to see a picture of Ken. That's sh- entertaining. Shout out to any girl who is that for Halloween. Carrie covered in all the pig's blood. Oh, I'm sure that exists somewhere, yeah. especially in this city. That's a good Halloween. What, she's going to do what now? She's just going to go fuck her mom's whole life up right now. Right. Yeah, this is quite the end. Why doesn't she like her mom? Her mom, like, abuses her and locks her in a closet. Oh, yeah. She, like, if she wants to have a date with a boy, she, like, makes her pray. And then the mom Purify. can't move stuff, can she? No, just Carrie. Oh, and okay. I, you know, the mom, she's got a lot of balls for trying to bully Carrie when she knows she can, like, move shit with yeah, her mind. Yeah, she's If I knew someone could move things with her mind, I, they would be the last person I'd fuck with. Mm-hmm. And then where's the dad in this? He's just like, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> My yeah, daughter's he, he's, he's just in San Diego, like, <laughs> running a fucking burger joint. That would be beach. a really funny idea for. <laughs> He's a like, movie yeah, my just... daughter. Uh, they're back in Ohio. She's got this weird what were you thing. That... Oh, you were talking about Elton John and the uh, piano player. And that would be a funny thing for like classic films to just go do um, like little 
split off stories of like uh, intriguing characters from old movies that really aren't that only have like a couple of scenes. Wait, what was I saying? Like you were saying, or you were saying Elton John and the uh, the piano player that oh the had the, a the, relationship. the black guy that yeah. he was, oh but that, that's too new with. a movie. But you're like something for Carrie. It'd be like you know the dad that's never portrayed. Totally, yeah. Because what's yeah. her, what's her last to, name in this? Uh, Let's look that up. Yeah, is it Carrie Goldberg McInerney? <laughs> yeah, not not Jewish. And no, then they remade. This no, they're movie. they're like hardcore Catholic because there's like crosses oh, yeah, there's everywhere. Christ. Okay, so Carrie White. So just like her, the dad, oh, like yeah. Paul Paul White. Yeah, <laughs> he's just like in an OTB somewhere in in Buffalo. Yeah, I don't talk to my daughter. Yeah, much, man, uh, she was just she. I was just got an argument with her, and she closed the door with her mind, and I was like, I'm, I'm out of here. She's naked a lot in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, this is one of De Palma's fucking best ones. Yeah, I, that's I a good forget. documentary. Yeah, the De Palma documentary yeah. is great. Oh yeah, what yeah. is that? Where is that? Uh, no. uh, Amazon, I think. It's There's really good. also a good uh, the John Milius one is kind of similar in its own way. He's the uh, screenwriter yeah. of Apocalypse Now, and he was just this like Malibu surfer guy, and it just it's he pretty is a cool. cool guy. Yeah, boy, I watched. I just went digging through the internet uh, last night before I wa- went to bed. I was watching this documentary on Amazon. There's these um, street musicians from Zimbabwe. It's this father and son. You're really tearing through the docs, huh? Yeah. That's all I watch is yeah. documentaries. I don't. I never watch movies yeah that's why the first episode of chernobyl like it took me a few days to just watch that first episode i don't like acting i got a real problem with acting <laughs> right i don't like it shots fired yeah Man, i'm just too aware it's of overrated it. <laughs> you know i thought of it on the way over oh two things on the way over actually before i so got brando street Corner desire that's just well, as i was walking over here you know who i saw an actor who i actually really like billy crystal just getting in his car right uh, really? two blocks down from me yeah. oh well All that right. was cool i was Shout gonna out. say hi but uh it's just like I just wanted to signal that, like, You're I like, see loved you. you and throw mama from it's the train. It's just you and me on this. Like, there, there weren't a bunch of people around. I don't think it would have been that annoying. He was just right. getting in his car. Either way. But, uh, and then I'm on Larchmont walking over here, and I see Pete, a bunch of acting students outside the, the oh, yep. reading their scripts and, yep. like, acting on the street. You know, these places in L.A.? Oh, my God, right. yeah. Every, I, everywhere? I, God, I always just feel so embarrassed for these I know. people. I forget sometimes. I mean, it's just... it. Larchmont, there's a lot. There's an acting studio in Larchmont. They're all out there, and you're just watching, like, a guy and girl, like, yelling at each other with scripts in their hands. Yep. And they're, like, they're in it, you know? Yeah. They're, they're really having a It, it is a, fun. A I remember we spent an afternoon doing research, and we went up and hung out at the Bourgeois Pig and then went oh, to yeah. 101. And it's real. I mean, all <laughs> those computers have Final Draft open, oh, yeah. and, you know. And I'm just like, how can you focus there? Like, Well, I a lot of never... it is, is just, like, posturing. Like, they want to be seen oh, yeah. doing it. It's pretty lame. But, but no, uh, yeah, there was one time I was walking Molly up Archman. I, I, I literally heard this. I was like, that is the most eloquently sounding argument I've ever heard two people have. And then I realized they were just doing a scene study. Right. But, They're uh, doing, like, a <laughs> uh, mammoth. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But the uh, I love that there was a Sammy Hagar and Eddie Money and George Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Sunday Night Rocks. Those three names together are hilarious. Yeah. But during Carrie. Eddie that's Money. That's what this yeah. channel is. Um, but, yeah, so documentaries, is a, that's really all I watch. And... Um, this is really good. It's only a half hour long. The only thing that I was able to find on these, this father and son was one clip that I found on Facebook when I was still on Facebook in like 2013. The dad is blind and the kid is, must be like five years old. He, the kid plays drums. The dad plays guitar. I, I want to just even like show you a little clip of what I'm talking about and play it through the phone. Cool. Um, this is a documentary? Yeah. Okay. And they live, it's beyond third world, you know, where they live and they just, uh, the music's, 
fucking ex- extraordinary. Like, I want to spell it. Anybody that's listening that wants to find some cool shit to listen to, and then just a real moving uh, piece of art, you know, this 30-minute documentary about their life and where they live. There's uh, the, the mom and the dad are both blind, and then there's just, like... You know, like twelve kids in this. I'm more interested in that. What documentary is that? Okay, never mind about (laughs) that. Uh, That was that was a public thing. So, Gonora Sounds is what you want to check out. G O N O R A Sounds and um, and uh, sorry. Did you see Shirkers? No. Check. Did you watch Shirkers? Shirkers is awesome. Wait, what is Shirkers? Shirkers is the it, she's a um, she's a, Fili- a P- Fil- Filipino filmmaker, a young Filipino filmmaker. So check this out. Listen to him. Wow, that's like Coastal Kites. I love this shit. And they, they got a whole documentary on these guys? It's a half hour long. That's the best oh. song I've heard in like five years. It's like it, those Mississippi records. Yeah, totally. It's Once. just, you know, they have nothing. Yeah, that's the thing. Except fucking their heart and soul. That's it. Mm-hmm. And they they go out. They, they don't have food. Like he loses a pen so he can't do his homework. And his dad is like, how are we going to buy you a pen? Jesus. It's like we have to buy food. He gets and all. You said upset. Zimbabwe. Yeah. Okay. And um, and you're just watching them day after day, just go hit the streets, and then he goes around with like a little hat to collect money, and nobody's putting any money, and you're like, oh my god, I just want to give you, you know, how can I help? But from they're this probably going to the- be playing at Coachella next year. That's <laughs> yeah. the thing, like like Rodriguez. Well, you know, in the at the end of the doc, it's only a half hour, and they get to go into a studio that has just like a shitty little Pro Tools rig, and he's like getting really serious, you know, because I guess the story on him was is he was in uh, a popular uh, like touring band in Zimbabwe, like Once Upon a Time, mm-hmm. and um, and then I I don't they don't explain why he's blind. They don't get into any of that. Um, I, I, whatever. If you want to just see an interesting thing, you got to, it's like a $3 rental on Amazon, or you could go to the website. I don't know. Just do your own homework. That, about that, it. But, that, it's, yeah. but it's really, it's player. really, po- he's insane. I like that guitar he's playing And the too. tone is so good. I yeah. mean, just like they have nothing and just the sound of what they're doing is so fucking cool. Mm-hmm. You know, it just shows you like you can get all these plugins, you can have your laptop, you can have all this shit. It's like if you don't ain't got the passion and you don't you don't have it, it it's your fingertips. It doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't, it doesn't and, matter at all. Um, it's, yeah, Shirkers is a good documentary. Yeah, so what's that all about? Shirkers, she's this like, I think it's the Philippines and she's obsessed with film. Like, it's cool because her and, and her and her friend, like they have zines, they make zines and they're like obsessed with David Lynch but this was back in like the 80s, you know? And so, and she's like this, this, this kid, and like so, she has this film teacher in the Philippines. Oh, the white guy. And, yeah, and from you can't New tell Orleans. If he's like sexualizing he's, he's them. Fr- he's from New Orleans. I uh, saw the first oh, half of this. Dude, I remember. Okay, well, the, it gets better in the second half because so, and they are like best friends, and so she has this movie that she's going to make shirkers, and he's going to direct it, and so they finish shooting, they finish filming, and then he just disappears with the film, like uh-huh. there's no. Like they keep on him, so then they like he goes back to New Orleans. They track him down, and then it turns out that he's spearheaded 
other projects with other artists and and they finish it and then he disappears with the with the with the Footage. stuff like that's like this thing he does it's like weirdo wow, guy wow. from New Orleans so it has this weird New Orleansy thing and then they finally get the I mean you just have to watch it but it's very very cool and you're kind of like it feels like if the I don't want to tell you what happens but they they do get some of the the film and when you're watching it you're like oh my god this movie would have been like it wouldn't it would have been like the first Jim Jarmusch movie or the first Gus Van Zandt movie it would have been the first of like what would have been a brilliant film career but it wasn't until she was like a a film journalist because she wasn't going to go make another movie after that whole experience that you know she just never did but the documentary actually serves as maybe possibly even a better film than shirkers would have hmm. been it's right. very interesting and then the documentary now we're like all like npr when we're talking about documentaries. <laughs> like, there's another very really interesting film that i that i saw recently the, that skateboarding one they're the skaters in like ohio oh it's in rockford illinois yeah, right, yeah. yeah. uh jake told me to he said it was incredible yeah um it's uh, What's it called? It, I, uh, I don't remember, but it's awesome. I feel like the name of it's right <laughs> it, on my It's right. so true when you get into a documentary voice. Yeah, it's, it's uh, like really Terry Gross. Like, <laughs> interesting. It's like a- ASMR. I don't they, watch enough documentaries. I just think they really capture the humanity of the <laughs> oh. characters. It's well, that's the really thing when you wear headphones like this. You really can. Yeah, you, you do. Know. It. Yeah. It's like, it's, no. but this, we would never talk to each other like this if we were sitting in the no, room. Never. Yeah, um, but like, let me put this. I've had this off. So it's interesting what it does to your voice. And uh, yeah, so the skateboarding documentary in Ohio. So what I what I really found fascinating <laughs> about it was it's not like Dogtown and Z Boys about like the scene in Rockville, Illinois. It's just about these kids. It's basically about like kids lives and it has it's just skating's what brought them together hmm. um but it's uh it's very interesting and how film. does powell peralta fit into that <laughs> yes yes yeah, um, St- yeah, stacy peralta gets his <laughs> fucking greasy paws on it and like exploits him now uh um, wait so what was that documentary Shirkers. That sounds like a Brian De Palma movie. Yeah, it does. Like a really like good or like a, a David Cronenberg <laughs> yeah, movie. Yeah, like totally. Shirkers are these crazy things that like invade your TV <laughs> and like make you kill world leaders. It, it really does. Yeah. Yeah, I remember I picked cool. that movie because I liked the art, the artwork of the the Shirkers? thumbnail or whatever. Shirkers. No, because yeah, yeah she, they make zines. It was like, and they were obsessed with film, and like they would make these, like they would hand draw. They're like kids, like the shit you do. Mm-hmm. Like when I used to tape a Guns N' Roses concert on MTV, I would add a construction paper. I'd make a sleeve for it, you know, and like put like cut out guns and like stencil it out, and then oh, put yeah. another thing over. So I had this like. Cool thing, like just cool shit you do when you're a kid. Totally. By the way, I got. I, and that's that's kind of what. There's a lot of that in Shirkers. So when I was in Chicago before I went to New York, my parents just moved out of the the house I grew up in. Oh shit! Thirty six years, so I had to help them go through everything. It's incredible. That's sad. Um, it wasn't sad because I like the new house a lot. Like I like where they're going. Um, and they've been ready to, you know, they've been going through selling the house for months now and everything. So the fact that they're ready, mm. I was like, okay, this is going to be easier for me. Um, I mean, the more that I thought about it, the backyard and like, there's a little pond in the backyard where I would fish and I would like look at the backyard and picture me and my dad playing catch when I was a kid. That made me a little sad. What made me really sad, actually, I don't know if sad, it's more of a... How much time we got left? (laughs) Melancholy. But, um, so like we found the, these boxes of just tapes, old film reels and tapes. And there was a, I just hit play on my dad. It said, Jeff two years old, Jeffrey, two years old or whatever. And it was my dad, like reading me a book. Oh, man. Two. 
It's like and Clark it was, Griswold. And, and, yeah, it, was, yeah, it, was and it was like the, all of us, it was the, the four of us in the room together. And I was like, oh, look at this. Dad's radio. This is cute. I stopped it after like 10 seconds because I was about to just fucking lose it. I'm sure. So, but I saved it until I like went, was alone, like later going to bed. And of course, I was just like, I'm so fucking sentimental. But it was like a heavy yeah. thing. You know, he's like reading me the Sesame Street book and it's my little two-year-old voice asking him questions. And it's, it's, life is just weird. You uh, got to sample that on the new Voids Well, I, the oh, next yeah. time that I go home, uh, because we very sort of, you know, we went through everything. My mom front-loaded the move, and so we threw a bunch of things away and organized a bunch of stuff So to make unpacking a lot easier, because oh, yeah, I totally. wasn't going to be there to help. So that was really cool, but um, <laughs> there was a point to what I was saying with this move shit. You were um, saying that they were ready to move? or No, even before that. Um, oh, darn it. Like that. Um, ah, man. Oh, anyway, something even cool. Bring it. Oh, I was going to tell two, two, uh, the, uh, well, I was, uh, as I oh, was, we get pa- them next time. As I was nice. packing up the house, all my dead tapes, I had about 700 dead tapes. I gave them to a buddy of mine. Oh, wow. Because I had to do something with them and I wasn't going to pay to ship them all to, right. to LA. I was like, dude, I have Relisten app. I'm not, I don't need to pay to ship 700 cassette, Max L's cassette tapes. So I was cleaning up my closet in there and I had a bunch of fish and dead tapes. Yeah. What'd you do? Toss them? Oh. <laughs> Put them in the trash. Did you, you recycle them? I, I, have a lot, I was just like, I There's I just some guy it. at the recycling center like, <laughs> some dude! I, was, I had a reunion with uh, my Grateful Dead cover band, the first band that I was ever in. Oh, played sick. first show in 23 years. Oh, you guys played a show? Yeah. Where'd you For, play? Some shitty bar. And, and the, you, did you have to rehearse or were you able to just pick it we up? We actually and, rehearsed like a couple of nights before. But we were drinking beers and hanging. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like a serious thing. You were playing Grateful Dead songs. Yeah, yeah all right, night. Yeah. It was great. That's cool. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. What was the set list? <laughs> um, if, let me think. We opened with Music Never Stopped, Into Sugary, Back Into Music. Wow, wow. Uh, they Love Each Other. Okay. Um, Loser. Uh, what else did we do? We did Deal. What did you encore with? Encore, we we were that was late into the night. Howie was playing drums with, oh, uh, okay. yeah, with his stepbrother oh, yeah, Craig, two it. drummers. Um, is this starting over again? Yeah. Oh, cool. They're they're just so, playing it all. Or let's is this just Carrie keep two? going. Let's just do another. And then at the end, was it, half. Like a, was it like arms around each other, like a bow? <laughs> the bar was packed, and it was. I was like, man, they were. We should do this every year, and it was like. Maybe we should, or maybe we should do it in like right. twenty years. Uh, it was actually pretty cool to. Uh, to hang with the guys <laughs> like that, you know, because Howie and I are the only ones that don't have kids. So oh, the rest okay. of the guys are like, oh, man, this is the best. We should do this all the time. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, nice. How much time we got left? We got about two minutes. Two minutes. How long so have we So let's... Uh, yeah, well, I mean, we'll so what's... Uh, you guys, you were just did a bunch of shows in New York and... We did two in New York. We did a show in Brooklyn and we did uh, the Governor's Ball. Was it just crazy? Not crazy. I mean, the Brooklyn show was probably crazier than the Governor's Ball. The right. Governor's Ball was... Where in Brooklyn? Uh, Bushwick. Oh, okay. No, actually, fuck. Was uh, it, Bushwick. Was I it think. like an underground show? Yeah, what's like the venue in, Bro- in Bushwick? Market Hotel. Oh, wow. I've never even heard of it. Um, just a sweaty, There's hot... so many new fucking things Cool. This here. place is an old place. Oh, it is? Yeah. Oh. And um, that was cool. We play this new song that we released last week. Wow, they just blur out. Yeah, music. I know, right? <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> no TNA. And then the, Governor's Ball the is on Another Stephen King hit. Yeah. Oh, you know what I watched last night? Christine. Cool movie. It's another cool one. Yeah. Governor's Ball was... Um, it was okay. I mean, like, from... It's it's so weird. It's 
You wear these in-ear monitors. You know what those things are? Oh, no. It's whenever you're watching people with... Uh, they're essentially headphones. You're playing a show, but you've got those things fitted into your ears. Is that, like, distracting? I mean, if, if your mix isn't good, it can really make for a miserable night. Um, and mine wasn't particularly good that night, so it was a bit of a struggle for me. Um, and we're introducing all of these new production things into the show, like with lasers and... Um, so there's a lot that I think we're all aware of during the show, which oh, okay. can be really distracting. Um, so, you know, I don't want to bum anybody out that actually liked the show that might be <laughs> listening, but um, it was, it was okay. Uh, it wasn't my favorite Where is that? Randall's also. Island? Yeah. Yeah. I've Who, did you see any other good bands? No. We, I didn't <laughs> they, see everyone any sucked. Yeah. yeah. The Strokes got rained out. Oh, they I were, think I see they it. They were headlining on Sunday. Everyone in the perform. voids is like, that's nice. hilarious. I mean, was Julian pissed because he's just like, well, I just performed. Now I get to go home early. No, I think he would have loved right, to perform. Right, yeah. you know, it's a bummer for a lot of people. <laughs> well, how was oh that Wilton God, show? Yeah. Oh, well, I've talked to you since then. No. No, I don't think so. No, I think we, we covered the Wilton the last time I no, saw you. No, you just played the Wilton like two weeks ago. What? Oh, no, that was the Strokes, dude. Oh, no. Oh, I'm sorry, but you were there. I didn't go. Oh, you didn't go. No. Okay, uh, because I was actually looking to get tickets, but it was all charity. It was, Because yeah. I found one on... StubHub, it is $800 and you had to meet the guy at the oh, show. Man. And I'm like, this is a charity show, dude. Like, <laughs> and there, that's why I was like, there's only one ticket, like just a one scumbag that's like slinging his charity oh, ticket for 800 bucks. For it was the, a hot ticket for sure. Oh, I, yeah. Super yeah, hot. You know. Um, right. But I, maybe it's just I don't love going to see shows as much as I used to. Bring, yeah. Bringing it full circle back to the dead show. Yeah, yeah. Um, because even with that, I was like, I, no, I'd rather just... Um, I don't know. I think watch a documentary about a uh, Zimbabwe <laughs> street nice musicians. Yeah. Well, no, there's just like other stuff to do. Yeah. <laughs> Go see what Billy Crystal's up to. Yeah. You got any shout outs? Yeah, I get some Instagram shout outs. Hey, shout out KH Cheftel. Hey, shout out Bubbles. <laughs> Big shout out. Uh, shout out. Uh, Maybe Tuck- I should give some shout outs. Yeah, give some shout outs. Shout out Tuckawaka Woo Woo. Hey, shout out. Up in uh, San Francisco, went to Roanoke with him. Hey, shout out. Big shout out. Hood Rat Hiking. Mm, He's a big, big fan of the Camp Good Boy memes. Nice. Shout uh, out. Hey, shout out Bro Bible. Hey, shout out. Hey, coming shout out. In, coming in with the follow, and they've yeah. posted us a few times. Shout uh, out. Hey, shout out Mia Sketches. She's a shout big out. she's a big Voids fan. Oh, yeah. she's Shout out Mia Sketches. Her art is fucking awesome. Yeah, I was just going to go into the Kites of the Roundtable. Oh, there uh, you go. <laughs> You know, people that submit questions to our show. For um, Continue. So. Hey, shout out Borrowed Memes. Shout out. And shout out NJC Photographs. Niall Corso. Went to Berkshire with him. Yeah, see, so you guys get questions. Uh, we we, ju- we, we just ask get, for them, though. We just get, um, we just get, do you guys have the Dick rights picks. to those musics that, the music songs? Oh, really? Do people fuck with you? Yeah, no, so we thought it was this guy, and then it turns out it was, it's <laughs> Tad's Finsta. <laughs> Our what? friend just has a fake Instagram atta- account. Tad he, made this account. He's like, "Hey, love, like, love the podcast. You guys are great." Uh, is Brandon really fifty? And yeah. Then, and then he's like, "Yeah, you guys have the rights to those songs, and and it's Tad." Yeah. So were, <laughs> did, were you guys gonna have to pull episodes? Did he? No, you? I mean, well, uh, that, now we just use the same song every episode. Yeah, we have a theme it's a song. DOL song. Okay. Um, and uh, but no, it was about that time. It was actually a good thing that he did do that joke because. I mean, just the same, like, you know, you don't have the rights to the music. And it's yeah, not right. like we have all this ad revenue <laughs> well, that, we, like, uh, we're going to be able to pay, but just the same, like, you know. We use this song by the Free Design called Kites Are Fun. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that's, I like, like that song. that's like our intro and outro. Yeah, that song's And great. I told Jonathan, I was like, 
if this ever, you know, if they come to us, I'm like, you're paying for the rights to use this. Like, right. Now I couldn't even imagine our show without it. But they can also block your, because I, I just no, had, I got an alert on Instagram. I took a, I took, was taking a video in, uh, of leaving Bisbee through the tunnel and uh, using a Neil Young song and oh, it yeah. just got taken down. Oh yeah. So. No, we did a, I made a little video for us with, um, uh, serious. Uh, the song, the Alan Parsons project, that the oh yeah, do, do, the Bulls, Chicago Bulls yeah. warm up song, and I made like a video, kites of the round table thing, and I spent like a lot of time on it, and then I put it up on the page, got pulled right away. It was like yeah, Sony Music. There was some algorithm that was they, able. They, to, they must have a bot that just like yeah, or, or some Shazam type of software that can recognize that guitar line. That yeah, was like, interesting. You know, but there's other things that I've put songs that I've used that I don't have the rights for. Clearly, just for little posts on our uh, Instagram page right. that haven't gotten flagged. So, well, if you ever need a theme song, I'm pretty sure you can whip one up pretty quick. Yeah. I mean, but you know, the, that says kites in it. It is a like, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah, that is a great song. And and there's it, just it something you could something do. To Let's go fly a kite. kite. Yeah, I think that that's probably got to be. Uh, <laughs> God, you know that Chicago Bulls song is so like badass, but then it's just like I am the it turns I it gets real sky. weird, real yeah, weird. Yeah. I love I love the Alan Parsons project. I do too. They're great. My dad, like, there's only a couple of albums that I think of my dad because he's always listened to classical music for as long as I can remember. He had some Beatles records that got me into music. Really, if I go all the way back. But there were just a couple. He loves ragtime, piano, and classical music. The only two albums that I ever remember li- him listening to in his office was uh, that that Alan Parsons Project album uh-huh. with Eye in the Sky and um, the Moody Blues. Wow, interesting. <laughs> mm. Just whatever that like pristine, glassy production is on yeah. those like seventies got like. You but for somebody that's into the music that he's into, the two bands, like more modern music that he would be into, it makes sense that those would be the two. Yeah. It just kind of fits. Yeah. Alan Parsons Project and Moody Blues. Like, if he was like the Stones, it'd be like, that's kind of weird. No, yeah. yeah. Not his thing at or, all. Or like fucking Kiss. <laughs> it'd be like, wow, that's a departure. No, yeah, sometimes, or like the, you know, the bartender at the ear, and it's like, his, he's like, Dave Mason is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we, we, me and my wife, we've seen him like 20 times. I'm telling you. It, it sounds just like the record, like not one note out of place. I hey, mean, I love Dave Mason. Yeah, well, it's Dave, just Dave it's, Mason it's is that awesome. it's that like um, King of the Twelve string, sort of like no, pris- pristine, proggy, calm. Oh yeah, music. Alan Parsons is probably it's very calming and relaxing. Yeah, same with the Moody Blues kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Although Nights in White Satin is kind of like a right, bit of a downer. Well, yeah. That's a weird record. <laughs> Anyways, well, uh, thanks for coming by. Yeah, always, man. Always love when you come by. You know what yeah. I try to do every time I'm here is is break the record for the longest episode. Oh, we're, we're almost there. Uh, yeah, this will probably be about an hour and 20. That's oh, it? Oh, no, I thought hour. it was like about two hours, uh, maybe right? Longer. Didn't we start at like seven? Usually when it's at 3,000, it's usually definitely over about an Yeah, it might be an hour 30, maybe a little longer. Longer, I think, because you got here at seven. and uh, I'm just getting warmed up. Yeah, we're, let's just go yeah. for another two hours. All right, so which, uh, let's talk about more about the Grateful Dead. <laughs> well, what's going on with your painting? Uh, nothing. No, what's, I mean what's going on with your what's that. going on with your screenwriting? I, I mean, I feel like nobody listens to the podcast to hear what we're up to. In yeah, fact, I've kind so. of found aside from you because you're the one guest we have that does something that people are interested. We have great guests that come in to just shoot the shit. When we would interview people, people were like, "Nah, yeah, don't yeah. do that." It's like. Right. It's unless you have like a great 
uh, guest on. Yeah, the sex toy guest. Oh, yeah, the sex toy guest. Like, yeah, nobody right. gives a fuck about First of all, yeah, but also, I, I, I didn't, go, I didn't, go, to, I didn't go to journalism school, so I'm not like an interviewer. Yeah, I, just I don't like shoot the I don't shit. like that's that's Actually, I guess that's true because I feel like every time Jonathan and I start and I'm listening to the show after we record, and if there was a chunk of the episode where he's talking about like his process of writing jokes or anything where we're talking about process, yeah. that's why I ask people, especially, you know, fan, Voids fans or whatever, to just ask specific questions oh, that I cool. can answer mm-hmm. because every time I hear hear myself talking about void stuff I'm like I always end up fucking taking it out it's so <laughs> right, boring right. Yeah. to me I, I it's I don't think it's interesting mm. we're good just no, you. Yeah, you. I like to so come apology, in apology to the Voids fans that do listen to our. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'm no, not. I'm you, not you'll, you'll get I'm a not little. You'll get a little. Much, you'll get a little nugget of information yeah, here and there, yeah, but like yeah. organically, it's not no, just that's like. The thing. So yeah. you're. Yeah. It's, it's like, a little self-flagellating. Like when when I hear myself, and I'm gonna be more sensitive about it on my own show, talking about my own band. Mm. There's just something self-congratulatory mm. to it. So it's. I guess if it's coming from somebody, and it's like, hey, how did that song come together? I'm like, okay, that's a little bit right. more comfortable for me to get into. Too. Yeah, yeah, right, right. You know, three pretty nice. good, three pretty healthy beards coming in. Right oh yeah, now. I was thinking that too. We all oh, have yeah. like beards going. <laughs> I was thinking yeah. about a nice clean shave though. Actually, yeah, I'm going. Yeah. Are you gonna let it roll? I'm gonna let it rip. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm gonna see how, Maybe see I'll how tomorrow. How I feel tomorrow. This one might be going. Um, it was. It was literally last week. I was. I just didn't feel like shaving, and I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna fucking give a new, try a new look. I did. Uh, I, I haven't c- had a beard in ten years. Oh yeah. Yeah, you're usually clean shaved, right? We all look yeah. like the the white guys that get like radicalized, <laughs> and it's like as the beard just starts coming in. Yeah, nice. No, yeah, I'm gonna let it go. Well, what, uh, well, thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah, man. Always Episode a pleasure. I'll see you guys in two months. Yeah, we'll yeah see for you sure. Months. What what is our timeline usually? Is it mm, is it? It's about you come on like every ten episodes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's a nice. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, you're a good. You're a good. You're, you're a, a good music. Camper. You're a music correspondent because ah, you're senior you, counselor. You, as we as you, we usually cut it up about music. Yeah, we spend a good portion of yeah. the show to- talking about music. Yeah, it is fun. Camp Maybe you guys, this should really just be a music pot. Our, you know, no, I, I think because oh, the, the thing, the response that I get is is when we're just talking about anything. Yeah, I don't like, want. I would never want to be pigeonholed to yeah, one thing. Doing, but right. I yeah. like having like the music. And I was going to say like if you know, hopefully one day you know, we get ad revenue or you can get subscribers and make money. I would want our core guests to be a part of that, to be like, okay, we're doing and like be able to pay our core guests to come do like a music episode. Or if mm-hmm. we have, we're able to get a big music guest. Like it's like, let's get kite in here to also help and be part of that's what i like i feel like we're building we're sort of building a state it's a camp it's it's uh it's like counselors <laughs> it is good you and know so you, you know it's our camp and then to to get you know if the thing's making money there's people that helped get that there oh, so yeah, it's totally. like you'll want to kind of have certain certain guests that will be you know part of that what you're good at too is the memes that you guys do like your social that's media mostly phil well it's still very much like your point of view and sense of humor yeah. Yeah. that's represented on you know so uh, I feel like for us, I just, I'm not, that's not my skill. Like, well, I feel like I'm doing stand-up again. I kind of love it, but yeah. I don't have to go out and do stand-up. But that's it's like, really good because it's just, that's another, that's a that's part of it. That's part yeah, of the yeah. whole thing for Camp Good Boy. Well, it's also yeah. helping getting followers too. Yeah, to for people, sure. People listening. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I got to take that shit more seriously. All right. Well, All right, I'll uh, let you go. I'm keeping Well, maybe I'll have a meme master class. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I'd come. Master class. We should, you know what? You should just make that video. <laughs> The master ca- class of Camp Goodboy, like oh, they do man. with uh, with like screenwriting with Aaron. Miss me on those master. By the way, I love so that Zevon picture. Oh yeah, he's the man. I love that, and it, that always reminds me of Elizabeth Banks. Thanks too. I never really yeah. seen. 
Saw that. All right. Anyway, oh, folks. Yeah. Uh, well, I was about to rag on the <laughs> echoes from the canyon, which, which, by the way, everyone's going to completely enjoy because the music's awesome. Where am I going to watch that? You can go see it at the Arclight. You can go see it right now. Oh, I have to go tonight. to a theater to see it. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, right. Just wait until it's on Amazon. Yeah, <laughs> it probably will be soon, but it's in a lot of theaters. But yeah, you can go see it right real, now. For real, though, if you want to go see the Aretha thing, I'm going to go I'm hopefully down. in the next two uh, weeks. Yeah. Can we do that I'll next week? Do you want to go? Yeah, we'll do a camp field trip. Yeah, we'll. We'll shout out. We'll do it. We'll live stream. We'll let, we should like record a pod like on my phone or on your phone. Yeah. <laughs> we're, in, we're in line right just now. Just keep turning it to me. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just sobbing. I love that. So that was right. episode 58. All right. We'll see, see you next week. week.